Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, bro baskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Show number 41. Uh, I think got to dig deep for this one. You guys got any help on this? <laughs> Uh, Bueller, gotta gotta be naming some safeties. Come on, Bueller. Most um, spotters forty-seven. That don't help. I mean, we can bring in Google if you know. Well, that was the the whole point originally was to see off the top of our head if we could, you know, name pretty much one through ninety-nine. And so sometimes you get number forty-one, and then you gotta look. It up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's we. I think it was like the. Fourth or fifth week, maybe that Earl was on. Uh, we just threw that we threw that out the window because Earl was like, "Well, I just Googled it," and and I was like, "Oh, all right." Well, well, you didn't say that we had to do it off the top of our head, fucker. Well, I, just, I didn't fucking think to, dude. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to think of everything, little boy. Don't worry. Did, did you wash your hands? Did you wash behind your ears? You growing potatoes? Behind your ears? No potatoes. No. <laughs> By the way, there's something I want to say. I'm I'm glad you said it because I, I would have forgot this. Um, re-listening to last week's episode at the beginning when you threw out Pat Tillman's number, I just want to clarify something. When I re-listened to it, it came off like I was talking shit, like fuck Pat Tillman. No, no, that's not how I feel at all. I just want to make sure clear what I was saying. I and no one on this show I talked about I was going to do this, but what I'm pissed off about is the military lying to his family, the government taking advantage of it, uh, of it, knowing it's a lie trying to pop prop him up for a fucking bullshit war that we shouldn't have been in, et cetera, et cetera. You don't, I don't need to go into the political, how I feel politically, but that's what I was pissed about. I'm not pissed at 
the man gave up a career that most people would kill for to go do a job that most people would kill to avoid. So in no way was I talking mm-hmm. shit about him. I know it, and it came off that way. And this is and this is just this has just been sitting on me since I listened to it. I was like, God damn, I didn't make myself clear enough. So that's about as clear as I can make it. So see, we're self aware with our half ass opinions, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, <laughs> with apologies to our Dallas uh, contingent, I don't know how many type people do listen out of Texas. Uh, number forty one, uh, Dirk Nowitzki. We can go. We'll go with that one. Jesus. That's like a current oh. player too. That's who, like who every, and that's not like a current player that no one knows. <laughs> who every time I hear his name, I'm like, he's still playing. Dude, I was I was I was I was gonna pull from like baseball, but I couldn't think of any. Well, uh the Daytona winner, Kurt Bush. Kurt Bush. He's forty one? I'm surprised he it didn't come out of you right off the bat. Yeah. So I guess so. Uh, First thing to talk about this week, this would be the. I, well, I don't. I, I hesitate to use the term "smoldering remains" of our brackets, but uh, Duke. I mean, how many people did Duke fuck over? Oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah, not, not not even as a March Madness uh, fan, I can tell you that I saw a lot of crying on social media and a lot of. Uh, highlights from sports talk shows about how that just fucked a lot of people's brackets well not just that Villanova as well both of them yeah yeah I'll tell I mean, you I had Villanova yeah, facing I, I, Duke so yeah Villanova I, was the first one I mean well, could you you could argue the first board of the whole tournament was what middle Tennessee State Again? Yeah, well, yeah, what, what, yeah, coming out of fucking, like, I'm like, really? Middle Tennessee State? Yeah, didn't they uh, fuck over Michigan State last year? Uh, I think so. Well, I've learned one thing. I seriously underestimate the Big Ten in my, uh, in my bracket. It's an because off year. I didn't have it's an Michigan off year. getting it's out of the first round. It's an off year. Don't let that fool you. <laughs> it's, an <laughs> it's an off year. I, I did not have Wisconsin making it to the Sweet 16 whatsoever. I mean, it, it, you know, it, but anybody that said they had Michigan beating Louisville is a damn nobody liar. Nobody did. Nobody. There's, there is now. There is some Homer out there with amazing blue fucking hard on. It's like, yeah, that's right. See, I told you. That's what pisses me off about that. Some Homer ass got proved right for at least one more week. Well, he's the asshole that he's the type of he. You know, one of these days, what we need to do is have a show, and like maybe like during the All Star break in the summer, where we talk about. The, Sports assholes, because he's one of the major sports assholes that bother me. He's the dickhead who barely watches sports, barely knows anything about sports, yet every year he tells you the the home teams are going to win the championship, and he can't even name the championship. Like he'll say the Red Wings are going to win the championship. Oh yeah, what's the uh, what's what's the trophy called? Um, the championship trophy. No, no, no. What's it called? Uh, the Gordie Howe Trophy. No, shut up, idiot. But then when they do win it, he goes, "See, I told you." You say it every year. You don't get you don't get credit for that. That doesn't that doesn't matter. That once again, that's big tits on a fat chick, abs on a skinny guy. You don't get credit for those things. You can't be the stopped clock of sports fans. Yes, no, it does not work that way. And so, yeah, my only hope in, in the East and West is Gonzaga. They need to come out just firing on all cylinders next weekend. Yeah, the two teams I pick coming out of the East. Fucking see you later. I had Villanova and Duke. Nope. See you later, East Bracket. 
I'm right there with you, but my soft bracket's still strong. I'm still perfect uh, on that one. And I'm only down Michigan over Louisville. How the hell that happened, I don't know. Uh, my strongest my strongest bracket so far is my Midwest bracket. I've only the only thing I haven't the only thing I've been wrong on is Michigan beating Louisville. Other than that, it's the closest thing I got to a perfect bracket. One mistake. Yeah, East is uh East is just a fucking it's it's a it's an explosive diarrhea diaper for me, like everybody else. I had Duke. That no ha uh, uh I had Gonzaga over Florida State. Of course, you know. <laughs> Or uh, yeah, that that that's not going to happen. It's going to be either Xavier or Arizona, and right. uh, South. I'm looking all right. Better be I, Arizona. I, God damn it! I I I I pretty much have you know every team that's in I in the South is I picked, and then Midwest Michigan's what fucked me, which is ironic because I'm a Michigan fan, but I never thought they would fucking make it to the. Come on. The fuck out of here! Thought they were gonna make it to the Sweet Sixteen. I got beat up in the South, but I made it out all right. Like as far as the first couple rounds, yeesh. But I at least picked the four that made it out. Like my my South initially started as a fucking just giant shit show, but well, we'll see. Well, I I I've learned something. This being my first bracket I've ever filled out, um, at least about this show, either. We all don't know shit about fucking college basketball, or I'm really lucky to be hang- even hanging with you guys because I'm like one point behind you and three point or four points behind fucking Iceman here. Yeah, well, I heard someone on a podcast the other day. I'm not sure which one. I listened to so many, but pretty much talked about like pick the seats for a reason i mean it's very rare that you're gonna have some low seed upset somebody it's i think it was saying like nine times out of ten if you just go with the seeds you're gonna have a successful bracket right and then you got the east and west and you're like what the fuck with the seeds (laughs) yeah well it definitely appears that way this year so you know like i said first year doing this you know we'll see from here on out but yeah but still my midwest bracket is fucked because i picked even my one mistake's huge. I picked Louisville to be one of the teams that comes out uh, for the eight. And nope, not going to happen. But, yeah, wow. I'm just hoping for Gonzaga. That's my left side. Uh, my my Elite Eight's okay. I was in right. Spokane last oh. week. I didn't even realize that's where Gonzaga is. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> So everybody's talking about the uh, plane crash of Michigan, and that's why they're doing so well. Whatever. I can't disagree with them. You come that close to getting your ass killed, you're going to play like you never did before, right? I look wait, at wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There was no plane crash. They slid off the runway. Yes. They weren't even in the air, dude. This isn't Marshall Part 2. I think that, well, I think that a lot of it is the media trying to just – part of their job is to tell a story. There's a narrative they got to follow, and for them, for March Madness, I mean, that's just, it's fish in a barrel for the media. I mean, you have all these schools that you have to sit there and try to paint these pictures and tell these stories about. I mean, I don't think it shook them up that much. I mean, I just think that, look at how they played Louisville the other day. That ain't from a fucking playing, that ain't from sliding off the runway. I mean, they brought it, bottom line. I mean, and look at the uh, who they played before Louisville. I mean... You heard all the chatter after Friday. Oh, if that's the best basketball they're going to play, good luck against Louisville. Well, they've continued to do it. Thing from no, thing from sliding off the runway. 
I'm, get, I'm just saying. That's coaching. That's getting hot at the right sliding time. Sliding off the runway is just as bad as a crash. Yeah, people don't die from sliding off a runway. It might if that fuselage exploded. All right. We sit here arguing the semantics of a plane crash. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not? not. I'm just saying there. The, I think there's some truth to that because Michigan right now is playing outside their mind. The first game of the tournament, their their three point shooting, I think was something like 42 percent in the second half. That they were just that's not them. That's not the way they play. And then the way they played against Louisville, I'm like, holy shit, who are these guys? Didn't they just make it to the national championship game a couple years ago? They just won the tournament right before this. Uh, the March Madness began. They won the no, Big Ten I, no, tournament. I'm, I know, but didn't they make it to the national championship game a couple years ago? Michigan, no. Mm-mm. Really? U of M was not in the national championship game within the last like three, four years. I think they sniffed it. I don't think they were in it. Let me look that up just because we can. I don't know. I, I just I see it as, as definitely inspired them to, to really just play. Win, lose, or draw, they were going to leave it all on the court. And to, you know, this this level, they have, you know. And uh, I, I think that incident, be it too dangerous, not dangerous at all, however you guys want to look at it, had an impact on them. Because, I mean, at that point, yeah, uh, it's not falling out of the sky. But Rich? You're a spark away from exploding. Uh, Rich stands corrected here. 2013, lost to Louisville in national championship. Thank you. There you go. So, so what do you? Why are we acting like shocked? That I mean, granted that it, it would be a bigger shock if they went to a national championship this year. But I mean, look, this this isn't Michigan post Fab Five and having to vacate wins and take down banners and shit. I mean, this team has had a chance to re, you know the program's had a chance to rebuild. I mean, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here in front and be like, oh, I'm an expert on. U of M basketball because I'm not because one it's basketball and two it, I, I, it's college basketball, you know. I guess just but, because when it when it when you talk about uh, Michigan basketball, you don't have the history there like you say do with the football program. Like say you do at all. with Michigan State's basketball program, you don't have that kind of uh, you know. As as far as college basketball, maybe Earl, you'll agree, maybe you won't. I'm ready for it. Bring it on. In college basketball, Michigan's little brother. Like that's just. Oh. Just look at look at the look Only at the results. Only because of the Fab Five. But but look at the no, no look at the results. I mean, from Magic Johnson up through now, through Tom Izzo. Just look See? at. He's proved early. You just thank you. You just proved my point. Only because of the Fab Five. That's what everybody says. Fab Five. Fab Five. Okay, here's the deal. They won a national championship the year before any of the Fab Five even were freshmen. All right, that's what gets that's what gets overshadowed. Yes, the Fab Five was excellent for the, the the U of M men's basketball brand, but ultimately, they didn't win shit, all right? Yeah, and everyone forgets about Glenn Rice and Romeo Robinson, the team that actually won, that beat Seton no, Hall. I, no, no, you guys are misunderstanding me. They're little brother to Michigan State because of the Fab Five, because of the, the accusations, money-taking, vacating. Nobody wanted to go to you. Hey, man, I'm going to throw up the argument Michigan fans throw up against me with football. Let's look at the history, though. I mean, that's... That's another reason why. I mean, states just got a bet. Their the basketball program at state has much better history than Michigan's. There, there, are, there are many more national titles in there. There are many I more tournament you. appearances. But you have to look at the reason. 
Nobody wanted to go to U of M, even if they that's liked U of M. That's 10 years, Earl. That's 10 years. Not even. If you look at the Fab Five, that's maybe five years out of how many how long, years of history. Let me ask you this. How long do you think it's going to take people to go back to PSU? I, I, it's going to take quite some time to get over that scandal. Checked, people are still enrolled there. That's here nor there. The they good, had a hell of a the, season the this year. I bet it's going to be good for recruiting next season. Okay, but the blue chip talent that you're going to get to win championships aren't going to want to go there and be labeled and reminded about the stigma of the Fab Five or in PSU, you know, of Sandusky. They don't want to be labeled with that. Ohio State seems to be doing all right. In, that's what I'm saying. They could take their st- right down the road, go right down the road to Michigan State. You're still in a great school. You're still in, you know, a, you know, a top contender. People are going to notice you. You're going to get recruited out of there. Hey, man, time and winning heal all wounds in the sports world. We've learned this. Time plus winning equals all is forgiven. Well, okay, didn't... Unless you're Pete Rose. Excuse me, didn't Penn State just win the Big Ten Championship? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's going to be pretty good for recruiting next year. All right. I mean, when's the last time they did that before Jerry Sand- the Jerry Sandusky scandal? I mean... Dude, you threw out a a shit point. They're, they've already done a good job of rebuilding from that shit. I mean, that, that's been, what, five years as far as this season, the season coming up? It was, what, the 2012 season that that shit broke out? Or the summer of 2012? Had to be the summer of 2012. But, I mean, the rumblings were there in, in the 2011 season, so yeah. I mean, you're, you could argue, too, Columbus, or even to the point you go and say Jim Trestle and Maurice Claret's name, who, what? Oh, that's that's just that's that's old news. That's a long time ago. Whatever. That's a, you know. Li- literally, I had a Ohio State fan say this to me when I brought that up. That's so old. They made a fucking thirty for thirty about it. Yeah, time and winning, <laughs> all wounds heal. That's how it is in sports. That's one thing this podcast has taught me in the last year. Which our year anniversary is coming up next week. But and if you ever wonder where we got the name, we'll explain it next week. Yes. By the way, just to point out something, um, if you're if you're looking at head-to-head accomplishments between Michigan and Michigan State, Michigan's got one national championship. State has two. State has nine Final Four appearances where Michigan has five. In the tournament, State kicks their ass. In all-time record, Michigan leads ninety-one to eighty-one, and that goes back the to Michigan State or Michigan nine. Michigan wins or Michigan State wins. Michigan has the lead in the all-time record, 91 wins to 81. Michigan State's 81 wins. Wow. And that goes back to January 9th, 2009. Don't do what every Michigan fan does to me. Well, we still got one more title. With the high score (laughs) of 24 to 16, Michigan State won the first game against U of M. 24 to 16. Wow, that had to be all white. That had to be all white guys. If we find the footage of this game, I guarantee you that's number one guys. Five foot seven white guys <laughs> doing layups, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and missing most of them, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but hey, no man, look, look, I look. I'm a Michigan fan. I'll be the first one to admit. Uh, I had to look the stat up because I thought that State had the all time edge on them, but they're only ten games behind. But see, State has the all time edge on them where it matters in the fucking in the, in the tournament as far as national championships. Final Four appearances, et cetera, et cetera. To me, that's what matters. That's how come I, I when when a state fan when I when I start hearing a Sparty spouting off about 
basketball versus U of M, I just go, yeah, you guys got it. I'm not even, I'm, I'm not a Sparty. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you and say, look at the last 10 years. And then when you bring up anything past 10 years, go, why well, you bring up old shit? Yeah, I'm not that guy. So. No, no, just that's the bottom line, guys. When it comes to U of M and, and Michigan State, U of M is a football school. Michigan State's the basketball school. It's been that way for as long as I've been alive. Yeah. Well, that's why, that's why Marky Mark up there in East Lansing has been uh, he's he, he if that man if that man's a drinking man and he ever once he retires if he ever has to pay for his own drink in East Lansing he must be sitting in a bar alone with a bartender who don't know who he is okay I mean he resurrected that football program to the point where Michigan just gets stomped by Ohio State every year and they worry about beating MSU they try to show up for the for the Ohio State game and they want to win against MSU what's that tell you Used to be the other way around. Used to be, you know, state showed up and was like, let's just not get embarrassed against, you know, Michigan. And then state would go and get stomped by Ohio State, you know. Reversals of fortunes right there, big time. But no, man, I. On top of that, I mean, the pro, uh, football program is so much harder to run especially in college, I got to imagine in a basketball program just simply because of the sheer number of athletes on a team. Yeah, there's more bodies to keep under control. Yeah, the logistics of everything. You know, I mean, it, there can be what? Up to 80 guys on a, on a college football team? 53. 50, no, that's a pro football team, dude. You can carry more than 53 on, a, on a, a college football team. Maybe you can only dress 53, but you can definitely carry more than 53 that are eligible to play. And then plus you got to consider people that are redshirted. But, I mean, still, 53 versus what, 11, 12? 105 players are allowed. <laughs> wow. That's what I'm saying. That's a, it's a whole lot of players. So, yeah, so there you go. There you go. There's my uh, swinging from Sparty's nuts for the, for the, the show. But, hey, does Tom Izzo, how long does he got left? Uh, I mean, he kind of, I mean, he won in 2000. He sniffed it a bunch of times since then. I, mean, I think 2010 is the closest they've gotten uh, in recent history. How long? How long has he? Think he? How long has he got left? It seems like maybe the magic's running out. Maybe recruiting isn't what it was. You guys better fucking make sure you got someone who's going to replace him. That's going to come with the fucking thunder. That's all I'm going to say. Because if yeah. they drum him, if 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 Sparty fans and alum alumni drum him out of East Lansing. And they can't find someone who's his equal, at least. You'll never hear the end of it. I mean, Seriously. I'm sure Michigan making the, the finals a couple of years ago, four years ago, didn't uh, help recruiting for state. So, yeah. I, who, who replaces Tom Izzo? Is that even a conversation yet? No, that's not even been thought about yet. I'll guarantee it. The only, the only, the only uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the only chatter I've heard in the sports world about getting rid. Like, I mean, someone with posting an article with the definitive opinion, get rid of Tom Izzo right now, uh, is from some off-brand fucking internet sports uh, page that I follow. Just because they, they, you know, every once in a while they'll have a, a different take on things. I don't go to them for, you know, hard news. It's like if you came to us for fucking hard news and, and you know, uh, 
you know, metrics and shit, you're at the wrong podcast. <laughs> yeah, we've clearly stated it several times in the last year. Yeah, if you if you bought us thinking that was what you bought, that's on you, bud. I think we're going to break it down. Nope. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, he's been there 22 years, man, and he has done. Yeah. Well, well wait. I, what? No, what'd you say? I didn't hear you. I said if they came to me for the picks, yeah. They do all right. Oh, what? We pause so you could stroke your ego. All right, Rich. What were you saying? <laughs> I know he acts like he's blowing us out in the picks, and he's barely hanging on by one of his little fucking pubic hairs to the lead. Like, you know, get the fuck out of here, dude. Dude, I took a I'm just hanging on to the fact that I'm beating you. <laughs> hey, we'll see once we have a full season of football how this really goes. Mr. Bring it. Mr. Come quarter season. Lions in. are doing some things, baby. They're signing some people. I'm just saying. Oh, yep. Yep. They're off season, off season Super Bowl champions every year. <laughs> it's not even April yet. <laughs> Calm down. Put the boner away. But Remember when they went 0 4 right before they went 0 16? Yeah. Preseason championship, baby. Woo. Oh, shit. All right. So, uh, I guess, well, we'll. Games start. To, well, the day this is posted, games will be happening. So we will see who wins. And all of it for us is we bragging rights. But the listeners hey, can't wait to hear Earl brag about winning March Madness for a whole <laughs> year. Super pumped. <laughs> this is all Rich's fault, giving me the nickname because I'm so true. Anyways, staying with basketball, Chris, what do you think about the resting of players? I think if you got it, what's what's it's it's no different than week seventeen. I think if you if your division's wrapped up, you're in the or you're in the playoffs in week seventeen. Why not rest the money makers? Why not rest the guys? It's the same thing in basketball. If 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 you know you're going to the playoffs, if you got your division locked up, rest your stars. Going to need them, especially too. Rich has brought this up. The the NBA and the NHL postseasons are like a whole another mini season as far as the amount of games you play. It's like a, yeah, if, if you like make another it quarter end, you of a season, a, a, an extra quarter of a season. Yeah, so I, absolutely. Especially in the NBA, you got some knees and ankles to rest. All right. I mean, like I said, if if you're fighting for your playoff life, no, that's a bitch move. And that's it too. If if you're if you are done, I mean, if you are the playoffs, and you mathematically were if you're mathematically eliminated before Christmas, sure, why not? Give the give the guys who ride the pine all season a chance to play. What what what's it matter? Possibly wrecking uh, your stars for next season. What's what's why should you do? Why should you chance that? Like I guess I've said if it's non-competitive situations, I don't give a shit. But if you're if you're fighting for your playoff life and you pull that move, eh, maybe you're dealing with some divas. Well, Scott Van Pelt had an interesting take on it. And his take was basically, which was, you know, considering he does still work for ESPN, it's it's pretty ballsy take in my opinion. Basically, screw the television. You know, the people that pay, you know, I, I think it's what at one point it was, or or, or their current contract is they pay close to a, a billion dollars to carry the the league. He's like, what about the fans? That's the people that that I think are getting screwed. And I mean, he, he for example, I guess the one of the recent games with Cleveland, a fan said that uh, he traveled X amount of fucking um, distance, 
and paid $400 for the tickets just to see, you know, or find out LeBron's not even there. Fans don't play the game. I mean, that's kind of my retort to it. What about the fans? These guys go out. I mean, it's not like this is mid-season. I guess is where I'm coming from. I mean, if it's if you if you follow the team, you know you're aware of things of how sports goes. I, I think this is a situation. Like I said, they're coming up. They're at the end. You know, the dice are about cast here. Hey, you know, so, sorry, but we we got to make sure we have LeBron coming up for the playoffs. No, I think see. I'm old school, so I think they should play every game if they can. Michael Jordan did it. My gold standard. He didn't bitch. He played with the flu for fuck's sake. That being said, okay, so you're gonna game, you're gonna take a game off. That's fine. Here's where the problem comes in. Like Rich said, with the with the fans and already buying the tickets, the problem started when Steve Kerr rested the entire starting five of the Warriors, and he did it against the Spurs. And those two teams are competing for the top spot. You know, the Spurs were only a game and a half back when he rested them. Now, some of the Spurs players were out for various reasons. Uh, Leonard was out because he had a, a concussion protocol, whatnot. And that's what it was. But Stur- Stur- Kerr rested the entire starting five of the, of the Golden State Warriors. And people, and that was a nationally televised game. Okay, that wasn't a, a, a time slot that nobody's going to be awake or you know, nobody cares about. And that was a nationally prime time televised game, and everybody bought those tickets at the beginning of the season, going, "That's going to be the game. That's going to be for the top spot in our division. That's going to be it. Let's go to this game." They get there, none of the starting players are playing on either side. It's a shit show. It looks like you know the, the a bad round of Harlem Globetrotters. Anybody who watched it on TV turned it after the starting players were announced. Oh, man, these guys aren't indentured servants. And, I mean, in that situation, this is... Oh, stop that. No, 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 no. Isn't it all about matchups? These guys making millions and millions of dollars to play. And people like me going to work, working hard for my money, coming home, pay so much for one game. And I get to that game, and nobody I want to see playing plays? They didn't make you spend that money. Uh Uh-uh. They didn't force you to spend that money as a choice. But what I'm getting at, too, it's it's all about matchups. If he's facing a team, I mean, what, what you're talking about, it, I, I'm clearly hearing what he did. Uh, half the starters were out for the Spurs because they were injured. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. He's not gonna make it look like the Harlem Globetrotters. Well, they're injured. Here's my starting five. I mean, that's kind of where I think he was coming from with that. Like, all right, you're getting your, your B team. Here's my B team. Let's make this actually fair. I don't know. I mean, it's all right. Well, let's let's go back to what something Earl said because this is this is the gripe that I hear so many people like him come out with. These people make millions and millions of dollars. Okay. Well, right here, let's start with that. When they weren't making millions and millions of dollars, you didn't hear about players getting arrested like this back in the old in in the old days. In fact, if a player wanted a day off, he pretty much had to basically fake like he was fucking dying. If you think I'm bullshit, and go back and read some of the fucking books from about back in the day. Okay, especially the books that were written at that period of time by the players themselves that were going against the code of what happens in the locker room and in in, in, uh, GM's office stays there. Books like Ball Four by Jim Bowden. Go back and read that. All right. Here's the deal. Once these guys started making money hand over fist, 
a lot of these owners and GMs start looking at these guys as investments. And do you want your investment risking an injury out there in a game that means nothing? So yeah. you can't. You can. You can try. I know, Earl. I know. God damn. You would. You, ooh. Ooh. I can't wait till we get off this fucking air because I'm gonna call you something. But you are such an asshole about this shit. Why do you always side with the motherfuckers against against the fucking the players when it comes to this shit? You don't think they can come, they can come down from the top? You don't think the GM can say you want to stay your ass in my fucking on my team, sit your ass and rest it because it's a no nothing game, and you go out there and get injured, then you're a liability, then my ass is on the line. You don't think that happens more than players just going, I don't want to play seriously. Rich, yeah, I, it's not only the players. It if that happens from the top down, then I'd be mad at them too. No, no, I I would be mad at them. Then be mad at them. All right. Every then time I'm mad we talk at about this, every time we talk about this shit, you always go for the player's throat, and I never hear you talk about the fucking coaches or the GMs in this situation. And oh, yeah, ultimately, who's paying their paychecks? Those are the people that say whether you're going to fucking play or not. The players can say, I want to play, and guess what? They can be benched. It's happened. It just happened. We just talked about an incident with it last week. So why why did, why does everyone, not everyone, but so many people jump on the players for this shit? These guys are investments to the owners, okay? They don't, and they know that. They tell their GMs that. The GMs tell the head coach that, and the head coach tells those guys that. And those guys know that. Now, once they start get started treated, once they are started to be treated like investments, eventually it's going to trickle down, and they're going to start acting like, "Hey, look, man, I'm not going to go out there and play a bullshit game, and maybe blow my fucking knee out. I'm going to sit out. I mean, I'll give my heart and soul for a championship, but I'm not going to give my heart and soul so ESPN can get some better ratings on a Saturday night for a game that don't mean shit." Where does that attitude come from? It comes from the top down, dude. That's my beef. Why? Why is this not talked okay. about? And 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 I I fully support that as well, Rich. But at the same time, the only people that get really affected are the fans. And that's what I agree. Okay. And I don't agree with Chris when Chris is like, eh, who are the fans? Who are the fans? Don't you, the people you're playing for. If you were playing to empty arenas, you'd be doing it for fucking free. In other words, you wouldn't be doing it. Okay. At a certain point, the fans, whether, whether advertisers and owners and people that own venues and cities want to admit this or not, the fans are what drive sports. No fans, you have no sports. You don't have anything. So those are the, yes, I feel sorry for the fucking fans. But let me ask you a question. As purely a fan, are you okay with losing championships year in and year out because your star players are out there playing a game that doesn't mean nothing and they get hurt, and so now you've just pissed away your chance at a championship? No, but I, I highly doubt that that's the reason my teams are losing year in and year out. Are we talking well? You have to imagine you're a fan of a football team that actually has a chance to go to the fucking Super Bowl, I guess. See, thank you very much. And for that, I have called out the owners and the management and the coach. Okay, look at the the Tigers. When the Tigers were making their their World Series runs between 2006 and 2012, all right, 13, I guess you can make an argument if you really want to. All right, there was times that they skipped starts near the end of the season for pitchers because they were saving them for the offseason, or they limited their amount out there. Instead of the cap being at 100 pitches, maybe they got the hook after 80 pitches, no matter how they were pitching. Because, hey, man, we don't need you out there fucking blowing your arm out. Now, you got workhorses like Verlander, who he wants to go out and pitch until his, his fucking arm falls off. That's just that was his mindset back then. But most guys can't See, do that. And here's the problem. This is why you can't cross the, the sports. In, in baseball, that's... 
you know, that's a given. That happens. That happens at the beginning of the season. You know, as a fan, I know that's a possibility. I'm going to go see Justin Verlander pitch. I might see him for inning or three, and then that's it. I know that, but at least I saw him. Okay. And when you're talking basketball, the starting five of the Pistons, when they were making their championship run, I know I'm going to see Wallace's, Tayshawn Prince, Rip, and Mr. Big Shot. I know I'm going to see them players. I don't care who they're playing. When, when it was back in the 90s, I'm going to see Jordan and Pippen for however long. I'm going to see them. Their minutes not, might, might not be, you know, as extensive as it would be if the game really meant something. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to see them. it was a close game. Right. I'm going to see them. And now these players, and this, I guess, is what really gets to me and why I really start to side uh, and attack the players. And, and if it is the coaches and or GM, you know, fuck them too. Because it, it gets to the feeling of that crybaby era. I don't want to say the millennial era because of it, I don't know if it is, but the crybaby area. What's in it for me? What about me? You know, the LeBron James area, you know, oh, I need, I need, I uh, put a fucking bandaid on it and get back out there. But do you understand that you have to walk a fine line when you're an athlete between what's best for the team and what's best for you? Because nowadays, nowadays, a team's only going to do what's best for that team. They don't give a fuck about you. Very rarely will you see a team be loyal to a player that brings nothing to the table just out of pure being loyal to that player that's how come hey yeah thank you for all the good years you put in here now go end your career on some shit team somewhere riding a bench collecting a check right but i want to retire as a piston a bull whatever the fuck well you're no longer valuable to us so hit the road sorry yeah we'll 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 see you when we retire your jersey or put it in in a ring of honor you know have a good one i mean it is a cutthroat business Yep. And for some reason, we expect the athletes who are in this business, who drive this business, to not be cutthroat themselves. And I don't understand that. I understand it's a fine line they got to walk, but I don't understand why all the the ownership of being an asshole falls on them when the business itself is built basically to chew you up and spit you out. I mean, and I don't I don't get it. And I understand this. And I understand you've been you've been in you know had this. Team, teamwork, team, teamwork shit drilled in your head since you were a kid. I had the same thing. But that was not for the stakes that these guys play for. Okay, we played sports because we love to play sports. We didn't play sports to fucking make sure that we were going to continue to fucking have a job and eat. That's what I'm getting at. And, and that's I just, what I'm I don't saying, understand. Rich, I, I don't I, understand people who just come from the attitude of fuck them, fuck the players. I, I'm with you, but I'm saying the same thing. Okay, the, I don't like the and this is sports as as a whole. Like, how do Every we know week. it was their decision? It's 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 a, the ultimate question. Rich asked too. You don't think they're just there's players just sitting there? Ah, sit me, sit me. No, I mean it's coaches got to be proactive, especially if and, you got a, an extra season coming up. And that's why I said GM, owner, what have you. Every league, every sport has changed. It's taken a turn to this you know crybaby era. To this investment era, I'm tired of wasting money on this player for him to go down and get hurt and be just a drain on my budget. Nobody cares about the, no owners care about their players anymore. From football to baseball, basketball, hockey, they don't. They care about how much money they can make. No player cares about the game anymore. 
Very few. I'll say very few players care about the game. Now they're just in it for guaranteed money contracts. That's it. And it's, it's you know, we were talking many times over, Rich, you and I and Chris, about, you know, the product of the NHL. But maybe that's the problem with every sport. And now it's entering basketball, so they're talking about it right now. You know, you, you, you take, a, you know, an owner, a coach, a GM, what have you, a player that's only interested in money and not the game and not the product and not serving the people that are coming to see them that don't make the money that they want, you know, and you get them all together in these leagues. I mean, the product isn't, I mean, even close. I mean, before before the NHL and or basketball or anything, we talked about the NFL and how you can't touch anybody on the field anymore. If you even think about grabbing a jersey, the yellow flag's on the field. So I guess that's my huge problem. That's why it's so sticks in my crawl, if you will, that these players are sitting be it the player's fault, the owner's fault, manager, whoever, because it's it, it affects the product that people are paying hard, hard money to go see. I guess one thing that kind of bugs me, Earl, is that whole, like, dance puppet dance mentality with, uh, like, I paid money to see you. Like, that's... Yes, I get it. That's where the, you're, that's how you get paid. That's where the money comes from. It wouldn't exist without... But I guess I, I really don't like... Like, you, they didn't make you buy a ticket... They didn't make you buy a jersey. Yes, they did. They didn't make yes, you. They did. Really? They made you go to the box office and said, hand they over. They made me go to the box office. They told me that they have Steph Curry, okay, Draymond Green, Jerome, or, or, or uh, not Jerome. <laughs> Got me all fucked up. Iguodala. Um, you know, all these players that are coming in, you know, Kevin Durant, who is now injured, ain't playing forever now. And that's who I'm going to go see. I didn't pay the money to go see backups. I didn't pay the money to go see, you know, Steve Kerr make a, an executive decision the ga- day before the game. You paid money to see g- people who wear Golden State Warriors jerseys play a professional basketball game. That's essentially, that's what you're paying to see. That's what you're getting. Now, I, no, get, I, get, I, I get where you're coming from, but I just, like, this, like I'm entitled to see you play. because I, paid, I like, charged you $5 to come into my house. On the basis that I had Bud Light, pizza for everybody, and girls dancing on stripper poles, okay? And you come into my house, you pay your five bucks, you get here, and I got Tortina Pizza, I got, you know, what the fuck light, and, you know, BBW women chilling on a pole, just sitting there snacking on the pizza. (laughs) You picked the wrong person to throw BBW (laughs) at. Like, hey, sounds like a party. Sorry, Chris. I mean, you're going to be kind of pissed. Well, if you tell... No, he's going to be two-thirds pissed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you... Earl, if you tell me I'm only getting Bud Light, yes. But if you also go, hey, we got Bud Light, we got Miller Light, we got Pap, subject to change. I mean, that's... I guess that's the thing with sports, is you're aware there's a team. Sometimes I sometimes I would see the Tigers. Sometimes my favorite Tiger had the day off. Oh, Whatever. It happens. It's sports. Your favorite tiger. Not the entire fucking team, Bubba. But that gets into, once again, we're talking about, Earl, if it's all season, I'm, I'm with you. But I'm saying if for the last couple of weeks, heading before you have to play another quarter of a season, I'm not mad at you. You do not sit out the entire game. You reduce your minutes. You save them that way. You give the fans a little bit of the players. I'd say going to the playoffs is giving the fans kind of what they want. I can't afford a playoff ticket, man. 
But I can afford this game that I was almost 100% sure was going to be all starting five players because it was a primetime spot. It was going to be against a team that I knew was going to have a great record. And then I get there, and I don't see any of them. Earl, that goes back to what I was saying. It's a fine line you got to walk. All right? And ultimately, it it's the fans who are going to end up fucking going, oh, man, really, really? But then the fans got to ask themselves, okay, I paid money to go to this game, or I paid money for cable to watch this game, and it's a primetime game, and they're resting the players that I want to see play. But they're resting it so they can go deeper in the playoffs and have a better chance of winning the championship. What, what matters to me more, seeing those players right now or my team winning a championship? And some 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 fans are going to go. I want. I paid my money out. Like Chris said, dance, monkey. When I when you hear the music, you're going to dance. Like get out there, boy, but, and dance. But okay, what, what, that's where you that's answer where this you fall into. But I wait, look at it as why I can't have a championship two months later? Why can't we have both, Rich? Why can't they reduce the minutes that they're played? Why not play them just one quarter? Set them out the rest of the game, understanding that hey, we're resting that, them for the playoffs. That I agree with you on. Taking them completely out of the game to where they're not even dressed, where they're not even in the fucking venue, that's, yeah, come on now. Unless you are, if you are on a professional sports team and you are injured, I mean, we see it in football all the time, you know, and we're not talking about the stars on the team. We're talking about people that are on the fucking special teams that are injured on the sidelines in street clothes, but they're still there on the sidelines. Okay, there's no reason... If you're being set for simply we don't want to risk you, that you shouldn't fucking dress unless they have no plans on putting you out there. And if they don't, then you should still be there. Yeah, I will concede that point to you guys. That, yeah, not even being in the building and you're healthy, come on now. At least be there on the bench in your fucking uniform so fucking half the little kids in the building who are there to see you can at least see you sitting on the bench. And that's what I'm saying. And especially in the NBA, they could play them a quarter. They could play them a minute in the second quarter, a minute in the third. Kids, that their parents are like, you're ready to go see LeBron? Let's go. Can at least get that that bond time with their with their family. There he is. Okay, let's go. Dude, when I'm eight or nine, tell me Michael Jordan's there. I don't give a shit if he's playing basketball. If I, just saw, if I saw Michael Jordan sitting on the bench in his uniform, I saw Michael Jordan in my mind. You know? Yeah, yeah I will say this yeah. because I remember going to Tigers games in 84. You know, and I was all of what seven years old, and I remember him clearly. And I remember anytime Sparky would come out of the because we usually we never we, we were always late to the games. I maybe because I always went with the women in my family, and that speaks to the, the their inability to be on time. But so I never saw like the, the you know the starting lineups and they line up down the first and third baseline. Anytime Sparky come out of the dugout, I was excited. I was like a little kid. Yeah, that's right. I was like, oh my god, there's Sparky. You know, I mean, granted, as an adult, it's a little bit different because I'm like, yeah, there's Sparky. He's coming out to argue a fucking call. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not the same excitement. But as a kid, I was just excited. I was as a kid, everything. As a kid, everything's fucking better. Let's just let's just be honest here. Let's Dude, just get that I'll out of the what, fucking way. As a thirty-seven year adult, a fucking a month ago, I saw Chris Draper. I was like, "Hey, that's Chris Draper," you know, and it was cool. And I went on about my day. And I was, the whole day, I was like, "Hey, I saw Chris Draper," <laughs> you know. I didn't even talk to him. So I was like, "Hey, I saw Chris Draper today," and he's smaller than I thought. Look, I my my beef with what you're saying, Earl, isn't that the fans are getting screwed over. I'm not making that argument that they're not. They are. 
What I'm saying is, as a fan, you have to decide. Is it your selfish wants, which is kind of ironic because you're telling the players not to be selfish and play, but it's your selfish wants because you paid your ticket, so you want to see them there. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, is it, okay, I paid $400 for tickets. I want to see the players that I paid the money to see. Or, I'm gonna, like I said, weigh it against the championship down the road a couple months later. To me, I'd rather fucking have the championship. I'd rather go to a parade, personally. Because that shit would if be free. If that's the case, then, like I said, at that point, you can do both. You can Especially limit your time. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. No, one's, no one's arguing that. I don't even think I've heard Chris argue against that. You could you, if, they, if they're injured, dress them. I mean, don't dress them and set them on the fucking bench. I'll okay. even do you one better, Rich. With somebody like Cleveland, obviously, when you think Cleveland Cavaliers, you think LeBron James. Unfortunately, he's going to have to sit because he's tired, whatever. He needs a Coke and a smile. Okay. But when you talk about Golden State, like I've said before, that team is their first eight players that they're going to play are fucking all-stars. I'm telling you, I truly think that was Steve Kurt not wanting to have a Harlem Globetrotter situation. Like, oh, I can't put the A team out against the B team. Okay, don't put the A team out against the B team. You didn't. But keep one or two players out. So you rest Steph Curry, you know, you put Iguodala in. Why not let him play? Were they all dressed? Why not let Draymond Green play? Were they all dressed or were they all sitting on the bench in their suits? I guess is my question. They dressed. They were just chilling. It was not an issue. It was, we don't want to fucking destroy these guys. We don't want to look like... There's nothing wrong with letting them play for a minute. Let the fans see him play for a freaking minute. Because I'll tell you, you made a statement about seeing Michael Jordan. Yeah, I saw him too. The difference is, I watched that motherfucker jump. And there's a big difference watching him sit on that bench to watch him leap in front of me. It was the most craziest thing I've ever seen. And if you've never seen it live, you'll never understand what I'm talking about. Because the way he floated, I thought only was like a TV trick. But when I was there and I was watching it, I was like, holy shit, he really does fly. So why not give the, the, the fan one, one of your all-stars? You, you got so many of them on your team. Like I was saying, this isn't Cleveland. This isn't, you know, somebody... A team that has one, maybe two all-stars. This isn't OKC with just Westbrook. Your Golden State, you've got a ton of them. You can't let one of them play? They all needed to rest at the exact same time? No. It's, I mean, that's all there is to it. If you're asking a question, the answer is no. There's no point in debating it. They did not all need to rest at the same time. It was a strategic decision made by either the head coach or someone above him, and it came down, and he had to, he had to pass it out to the players. But I highly doubt that all the players walked in there and said, hey, coach, we're not playing tonight. I highly doubt that. Yeah, I mean, so far, Steph Curry seems like a stand-up dude. I mean, barely any bad press. He looks like a decent guy in every little interview they do. I don't think Steph Curry walked in there and said, fuck this, I ain't playing. <laughs> you know? That goes back to what Iguodala said, the, the controversial comment, do what Master says. That did come down from Kerr or above. You know, that's Andre, that's, that's, that's him, that's job security is what that is. That's him known, hey man, this out hopper, that's, that, I, I watched that after we talked about it. That's Iguodala saying this is how it works around here. If you really get down to it. That was, I still, I still think it's funny that, and not to, not to shift focus back to that because we covered it last week. I just think it's amazing 
that the media took that story and ran with it. And it's usually always guilty white people. It's never people, people, hold on. People in the organization, including Steve Kerr, including his own teammates, and then other people in the organization said he was fucking with the media. He basically put baited a hook and threw it out there, and they took it, stuck it in their own mouth, and ran with it. It's never a black, they, well, maybe it's Stephen A. Smith, but it's, you know, it's never a black journalist. It's always some fucking self righteous fucking. It's, it's, it's always whitey. You know, I heard someone say something the other day that made a lot of sense. And this is a little bit off the beaten path. And I mean, I, I, unless, I, I think we've said everything we're going to say. We said about resting players. I mean, is, is there anything new or just going to keep finding new ways to restate what we've already said? Well, just so you know, there's a memo that came out from the commissioner about it that says you have to offer 48 hours if you're going to rest your team. When did this come out? Why didn't you lead with that, Earl? <laughs> like for real like you should love that, that 15 minutes that, ago that came out today okay we need to send him to broadcasting school because he buries the lead far <laughs> yeah. too often like, wow like what what's that uh the wedding singer information that could have been useful yesterday yeah <laughs> all right sorry Earl. sorry I'm shitting on you continue <laughs> yeah so th- he's he's put out this warning to teams if you're going to rest your players, you're going to give 48 hours notice. Now, that, I think, is is great because that allows me, the common fan, time to go, oh, I don't want to buy that ticket because they're going to rest. Do you understand how much I could have just shut down the last 10 to 15 minutes, man? For real. I mean, that... Yeah, but I like arguing with Rich, though. That could have shut me right the hell up. Like, wow. <laughs> well, anyways, what I was going to say is I heard, I heard someone express this. Um on a uh, uh, a call-in show. It wasn't sports, but I, I think you could easily apply it to sports, which was basically was if you are offended for another group of people, which you are not part of, I don't want to hear what you got to say. Like, I, I, you, can, you can have an opinion about a subject, but you don't get to be offended about something that has nothing to do with you because being offended for other people has gotten out of hand. And I kind of agree. All those sports people that were sitting there over Iguodala saying what he said, who took the bait, and oh, 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 oh. Dude, he set you guys up and you fell for it. All right? Take your fucking lumps the same way you hand them out. All right? You have no right to be upset. None whatsoever. So, and and especially to try to feign some sort of self-righteous, like, I can't believe he compared the NBA where you make millions of dollars to the horrors of slavery. All right? No, he fucking baited the hook and said it for you, assholes. And you or, and left it and dropped it in the water, and you guys bit into it and said it for him. I applaud his move, to it. quite honestly. He's shown a bunch of people how full of shit they are. So, I mean, yeah, as far as getting offended, you know, for, oh, I'm so offended for this person. Shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can have an opinion like, yo, man, I don't think that was cool they said that. But you don't get the right to walk around and act like you had something personal done to you on someone else's behalf. Whitey. All right. And yes, this this is primarily a white person thing. And it's really annoying because it just it, it goes to it proves the point that so many people make that white people just sometimes or, or a lot of the times when it comes to subjects feel the need to insert themselves into them where they have no place. So hey, 
If you're if you're so forward thinking and you're so progressive, keep your fucking white mouth shut. Your thin lipped, clapping on one and three, short dick mouth shut. <laughs> no one go. wants to hear it, motherfucker. T shirt idea eat your, for sports. Don't eat your mayonnaise sandwiches and listen to your goddamn John Cougar Mellencamp albums and shut the fuck up. Okay. I'm gonna put on a t-shirt. Keep your white mouth shut. Sporgy. <laughs> t-shirt ideas. Now the the flip side of resting players to to save them for a playoff run is tanking your season on purpose. And of course, the NBA and the NHL have have come up with what they thought was a solution to it, which was you're going to have a draft lottery. So if you're in the bottom you know, third quarter, whatever it is, you have to, you know, we're going to, we're going to do a lottery for what pick you get. Now, personally, I think if you are a horrible, if you're having a horrible season, just a shit season, and you are a middle of the pack team anyways, what are you out there playing for? And there's, and and there's, and there's a, you know, that you got a strong draft class. I have no problem with them fucking tanking it to get a strong draft pick. But there's teams that make careers out of it. 76ers, I'm talking about you. All right. <laughs> and there's other teams in the NHL who you could argue who lucked into a lot of the draft picks they ended up with, which would be the Edmonton Oilers. You know, so they got Connor McDavid, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, eh, uh, you know. Once you have the draft lottery, still, you know, you the, the lower you finish, the higher chances you have of a better pick. Now, this was put forward in an article I read, and it was pertaining to the NHL, but you can put it towards any, any league with a draft lottery. Once you're out of it, mathematically eliminated, from that point on, the teams that are mathematically eliminated who win the most get the lower draft pick. It gives teams something to play for, even when they're out of it. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Do you guys get, I mean, you guys get it? So, I mean, once it's like, okay, you, no matter what, you're done. But if you have a better win percentage since you were mathematically eliminated than other teams, you'll get the first pick. Even if you finish ninth. So if you of, finish as the best loser, you get a higher pick. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. So if you, so the team that finishes ninth out of a conference that sends eight teams to the playoffs would have the number one pick, all based on winning percentage after they're mathematically eliminated. Now, of course, there's problems that arise because teams are going to get eliminated on the last day, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's going to be, but they have something to play for. This is basically what this is, is to get teams to keep them from tanking. Now, as someone who has no problem with a team tanking, if it's just they're having a shit season, I hate the fucking Colorado Avalanche. I don't even call them the Avalanche except for on this fucking program. I call them the anal munch whenever I talk about them. Fuck them. Fuck anyone who likes them. Fuck anyone who wears their faggy-ass fucking colored jerseys. Fuck them. That's all I got to say. But. You don't notice. They, they fucking, they want to tell me how you really feel. This year. <laughs> With the season they've had, with Patrick Waugh giving up on him in the middle of the fucking season, okay, well, I have no problem with it. And I hate him, but I got no problem with it. But to me, if the NHL implemented the, what, what this one guy in this article put forward, I would say that that fucking solves the problem right there because you'll still have competitive games where teams want to win. 
because there's no point in finishing dead last. I mean, who do I mean? If if you know you're not going to fucking make the playoffs, but then you're not going to get the number one pick for tanking, what's the point in tanking your season? There is none. You have to take the incentive for doing that away from them. And I think the draft lottery has proven that that doesn't really work. Teams still do that. Once again, 76ers. So, I mean, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on this? Especially because, it's Earl, you should be all fired up for this, especially since, you know, I paid my money. I want to see who I want. I want to see a good game, good players out there. This should be right up your alley. It is. And it goes back to what I was saying before about tanking, about sitting players, you know, all of that. This, and it's, as you just pointed out, it's crossed leagues in NFL, NBA, NHL. Everybody's about the almighty dollar now, and that's all that matters. And that's going to be the end answer to every debate that we have. It's going to be about the almighty dollar. You know, does LeBron, you know, make more money when he's on the court or when he's sitting? Or when he's not even in the arena? You know, does the 76ers need to win a championship for them to to finally, you know, revitalize their fan base? It's all about how can we make the most money. And they're going to do whatever they think they need to do to make money. Not to get a fan base. Not to hold interest in the sport. Not to play a fabulous game. No. How are we going to make the most money? And with that train of thinking all the way from the top to the court, to the field, to the ice, to whatever, your, your sport is going to suffer. The problem is more and more and more teams in these sports are thinking of that exact same thing. Where can I get my guaranteed contract? Where can I make more money? Who do I got to bring to this town to make money? And the only thing that suffers is the product because the fans don't want to see that. Well, they do. They are businesses. I guess we do kind of lose sight of that sometimes. You don't ever. Well, use... they've always been businesses. I am, but you always. You don't want to end up like the uh, the I don't even the Phoenix Arizona Coyotes, where they're pretty much they're in receivership. The league has to own them because nobody wants them. They lose it. They're hemorrhaging money. It's just a place to dash contracts and shit. I mean, you don't want to end up like that. Okay, but you also have to remember, man, that okay, you said they've always been businesses. Yes. But until Kurt Flood, the the player who who basically was the tip of the spear of fighting for free agency, came into and did what he did, the teams were keeping most of the money. I was just listening to a podcast. They were talking about the old days with the uh, old Tigers in the in the in the you know the late sixties and the Lions, and Eric Karros, okay, Lions legend, used to tend bar on the, on the off season to make fucking ends meet. Okay, all the hockey and baseball players, you know, they made. Seven to nine thousand dollars a year doing that while they were playing in the off season. They had used car salesmen. Yeah, I'll tell you, I do all types of other shit like that. I do remember when we were little. We're probably the last generation that can remember it. You'd always hear those little kicker stories on the news about uh, what uh, some of the Tigers did on their off season jobs. But I mean, it seemed to, as soon as closer we got to middle school, that shit went away. I mean, you got to remember that. The teams were keeping all of them profits for themselves back then. And when the players said, wait a minute, we're out here fucking playing the game every day. Granted, you should make, okay, you're putting you're putting up money and taking the risk. We have no problem with you getting a larger cut. But we need a larger cut more than just some guy who's, a, who's working on the line at Ford. Because we're taking fucking risk with our health, with our bodies, and you're making buku bucks off of us. 
I mean, that's what that's basically what profit sharing is. Is at a company when a company mm-hmm. does well, they share the profits down out with the employees. That's pretty much gone away, and they weren't doing profit sharing with the, with the their employees, which is the athletes. So why shouldn't the athletes ask for bigger contracts? And so with that, it becomes more of a business. And yes, mm-hmm. we romanticized back in the day. HBO had a series when it was a game, and we watch you know a football life, and we we look at all these old players. Playing and you know they were they were gladiators and they did it for the love of the sport and blah 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 yeah of course they did all that but they also needed to fucking survive while they played it and if you're out there playing a sport where at any moment your life could end on any given play especially back in the day without all the safety protocols they have today and you're barely making more than the lower middle class the average person that's lower middle class is making and the people who are employing you are raking in money hand over fist to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars 50 40 60 whatever years ago there's an issue dude so that's why yes it is a business and Ultimately, it's going to be that way. People are going to make decisions based on money. And you say, well, they make decisions based on money and it affects the product on the field and the fans don't want to see that. It's the, it's the balancing act you have to do, man. It's more different than if you were a musician and you decide to sell your product through a record company. You dance with the devil when you mix, when you mix talent with capitalism. Okay, it's, 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 a, it's a dance and you're both trying to lead at the same time. It's an unfortunate reality we live in. So I, it, my, basically my, my feeling is unless you have an idea of a better way to, to, for it to go, then we need to stop bitching about this. Because it's just right. It, 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 at this point, it sounds like you're bitching that you're not making the money. It sounds like it comes off as jealousy. <laughs> and when I say you, I don't mean you specifically. I'm talking about people in general. Because I'm really tired of hearing that shit. Why are they getting paid millions of dollars to catch and throw a fucking ball? Can you do it? What, are you pissed off because you're fucking flipping fucking burgers? Well, I guess you maybe, you know, instead of, playing fucking, instead of playing video games, you should have been out there fucking running the stairs, another, running routes. Another point, too, that I thought of earlier is the three of us, anyone who's listening to us, generally, you get to clock out, all right? Uh, these guys, I mean, with the exception of the off season, and you could still argue with the off season when you have to include the training to make sure you stay in shape. I mean, it, it's, it's a 24-7 job. You know, I'm not trying to be like, oh, poor athletes. But if you really think about it, I mean, your job is being a Detroit Lion 24-7, a Minnesota Viking 24-7, a Carolina Hurricane 24-7. I mean, and let me And, yeah, and let me tell you something. If you played for Mike Illich back in – for the Red Wings, if you, well, until he died probably pretty much – uh, and, and you weren't a superstar, you didn't get to say, I'm not going to this signing. Mike Illich owned Little Caesars. If a new Little Caesars was opening up and he said, I'm going to need you to be there, you went. You don't have a choice. That's not optional. That's not, I'll see if I can make it. That's the guy who signs your paycheck telling you, hey, he might ask you out of politeness, but basically what he's doing is he's, he's ordering you to volunteer like they do in the military. You're going to be there at this time. Have a good one. Yes, person well, who pays me seven-figure salary, whatever you say. I mean... It, be my mentality, quite honestly. I just, I, where do we, I don't get why we sit here and we argue over and we're pissy because athletes make money. I think and you're kind of like, would, 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 would everybody be happy if it went back to athletes were making like fucking uh, $1,000 above the poverty line? I think you kind of touched on it, Rich, a little, a little bit of jealousy. Whenever we sit here and uh, do that. I don't think it's jealousy. Well, I want to make them, I want to make athlete salary. 
Well, if it's not jealousy, what is it then? Dude, I'll trade with a practice squad player. Shit. At, I'll at make that the league point, minimum. Yeah. <laughs> at, at that point, guys, if you're making that much money, that comes back to the argument of why the fuck are you sitting? No, it doesn't. You're ignoring the question I asked, and you're taking it back because you're, you're, you're verbally raping us with, with, with your point that you've already made. Dude, okay, answer the question I asked you. It's not okay. It's not jealousy, because, and okay, I'll use myself as as an example. I I work for a delivery company. There we go. Okay, I'm on the ground. I throw packages. I'm bending over. I'm breaking my back. Okay, now I don't make even a fraction. I can't even think of the fraction that I make that the company and or even the CEO makes of this delivery company who's sitting in a very comfy chair, just pressing buttons. Okay. Now that's the exact same thing as these athletes. I have the same, if not more of a chance to get injured on my job than a basketball player does on the court. I have to avoid huge, huge cans. We call them cans, but they're, they're huge, damn near buildings that we put these packages in and fill up. Not to mention if, if one of these heavy packages that I happen to lift is too heavy and I lift wrong, well, there goes my back. And I have to go to work every day, okay, for my salary. I don't get to go, hey, boss, not for nothing, uh, you know, yesterday it was kind of heavy load coming off of all of these airplanes. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to need to rest, so... Go ahead and pay me my hours, but I'm going to take time off. But you're paid differently. You're paid. You're paid upon performance. I mean, these guys they get they get guaranteed money. LeBron, LeBron James ain't missing a check because he requested to sit. He's still keep getting, going. Keep going. You are so making my point. Okay, but, but how does that, di- how they is live that in a different world. It sounds like you want what they have. I don't want what they have. But they have oh, to. So be you want everyone to be as miserable as you? I get it now. Absolutely not. They have to be held to the same standard I am, especially if my money is going to pay their salary if I buy the ticket. I'm trying to follow the bouncing ball here, Earl. If I'm paying the money that I break my back for, which has already been established is arguably way less than they're making, they don't get to say, oh, and the managers and the and owners don't get to say, well, we're going to rest for a championship. We're gonna, no, you don't get that honor. What happens when you've been with the company long enough to where you get paid vacation, you get paid sick days, and you take a sick day when you're really not sick that you get paid eight hours for because you wanted a personal day? They have to be held to the same standards we are. Just because they're talented, just because they ran the bleachers, just because they went out and got lucky and got scouted, and now they're in the pros... Okay, that doesn't make them any different than anybody else. Just because Mike Illich or whoever owner you want to mention got, you know, worked hard, got a whole bunch of money, owns a team, doesn't make them any more different than me. How do we get sucked back into this conversation? Because he just fucking he keeps stuffing his dick in your face until you suck it, dude. No, what he, he does. asked if I was jealous, and I'm not jealous. I'm just not giving free passes. I don't do it. Just okay, because, well, dude, you call it you, you call it not giving free passes. To me, it sounds like you're pissed off that you don't get the same fucking laissez-faire attitude to do whatever you want, like they do. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm okay, paying to go see them. People okay, like, fine, dude. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. Look, I'm not saying I'm gonna crawl in your head and tell you what you're thinking. 
I'm just saying this is how you're coming off to me. I'm sure okay. there's people listening there to you going, fuck yeah, same thing. thing. I'm showing you I'm not jealous by any stretch of the imagination. I like where I am, and I like who I am. All right, dude, but let me if, ask you a question, though. All right? And, I mean, since, since fuck it, you know, you're, you insist we talk about this shit, how is this any different than when I fucking hear people get pissy about their tax dollars going to, to, to help other people, but then they have no problem with their tax dollars going to kill somebody? How if we is spend that it on military pissy? shit, they have no problem with that. But when it goes to help other people, it sounds to me like the same thing. Like, why should that person get that, and I don't? What is what would you call that? Why should Rich, that person get a Rich, free ride? Okay, and I stop, don't. stop, stop. Why listen, should that person have it better than me? What do you listen, call that, dude? I'm paying the people that I'm talking about salary, okay? I, pro sports, people like me, Joe Nobody, sports, 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 works sports, my sports, ass off sports, to sports, get one sports, game ticket. Sports, 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 one. Uh-huh. And your okay. taxes go so to pay people that are on fucking disability and welfare. Same fucking thing. It's not the same thing. I don't pay... For disability and welfare or wars to go watch them. It's not the same thing. You have no problem with the money going to the team, the owner, et cetera, et cetera, no matter what they do. But you got a problem with it going to the fucking player because, well, God damn it, I have to work hard and I have to show up. And so they have to, too. I have a problem with it going to the team, period. However they want to divide my measly, you know, $80 or whatever the hell it costs to go to the team, period, when I don't get what I was promised. Okay, well, guess what, dude? Here's the deal. Okay, you ready? Buckle in. You're not going to get your way. All of this. Okay. And, and what this is going to lead you to, and that's fine. on the outside looking in going, well, it's nice and warm in there. And I'm where you're at, dude. I don't know what to tell and you. I'm perfectly, and I'm perfectly okay with that. What this is going to lead to is just like the NHL. They're going to get kicked off the mega networks. They're going to be in a fucking hole somewhere where somebody's going to have to dig through their channels to go find a game. No way. And it won't even be the game they want to see. I'll speak you're real, You're going to get empty dude. stadiums. I'll speak real. There's a lot of black people. No way. I mean, that's the majority of their fan base is black no way yeah yeah and the majority of fans in detroit are, are, are red wings fans but the majority That's of the here. seats that are bought in ford field are bought by ford yeah there's no way bullshit well then then it's the free market at work dude they provided an inferior product and people didn't buy it and so their product goes away all right that's that's how capitalism works very few winners whole lot of losers what do you want me to fucking say dude now that we're now that we've completely fucking it, because basically this is what we're talking about. We're not even talking. We're using sports as a jumping off point, but now we're talking about the free market and capitalism. And this value back to the your point I showed you as, as a Rich, customer. As a I, customer, I just you said, want value for your dollar. I just right? said this whole the whole sports world has taken a turn for the almighty dollar. Every every single debate in the United States of America. Every single debate that we're going to have about this is going to end with how much can we make? And that's what's starting to suck about sports in its whole, in its entirety. We said it almost about every single league, every single one of them. NHL is being buried. The, the you know, NBA is starting to. Okay, the NFL sure to stop. follow. Listen to me. Listen to me for a second. I'm not going to speak to the NBA, but I'm going to speak on the NHL. I love hockey. All right. If 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 hockey was what it was when I first fell in love with it, it would be my number one sport. But hockey is an inferior product right now, and it's the and it's the NHL's fault from the top down. 
and they're getting what they deserve. And the way I vote and show my displeasure with how the fucking NHL is going is I don't go to games. I don't pay for the channels that they're on. And that's how, that's how you change things, dude. That's how things change. So I don't understand why it's like, well, they're going to, if what happens if the NBA falls in the same fucking hole as hockey, then the NBA who makes money hand over fist compared to hockey, I guarantee you will wisen up a lot fucking quicker than the NHL will. The NBA will go, wait a minute, we're losing viewership. Case in point, the NFL had a dip in viewership around the time of the election and heads were getting ready to roll. The election happened and the viewership picked back up. Oh, wait, never mind. Everything's fine. It's funny how that turned around. If that dip would have stayed or they'd have kept dipping even farther lower, the NFL would have done something. They'd have been fucking, okay, shit. We need to do something here. That's what I'm getting at. You can vote with your dollar then. Don't fucking, don't watch the shit. Unfortunately, this is how shit gets done. Don't buy the, hey, you you wanted to watch uh, uh, Golden State on TNT, okay, and he, they rested all their players. Then what you got to do is you got to hop online and you have to go look at every fucking sponsor that Golden that, that pays Golden State money to be a sponsor, and you have to not buy their products. And you have to start a little fucking ground, grassroots, you know, movement and get that started and say, hey, look, I think it's bullshit that this happens. And if you get enough people on your fucking side, then then go go ahead, dude. Jimmy Hoffa it up. But if you don't. <clears throat> I don't know what to tell you. I mean, because bitching doesn't do anything. I understand that's what we're doing here, but I mean, let's can we? I mean, can we act like there there are solutions to this? There are ways to handle this. It's just it's not what we want. We want it to change without us having to do anything. The, the sport I love is shit now. I don't support it. That's that's okay. I I had to go. I'm not going to watch this garbage. It's horse shit. When the NHL playoffs start, I'll watch them at somebody's house, or I'll go to a fucking bar and watch them. And that's how I'll fucking watch him. But I mean, goddamn, if I'm gonna pay for it out of my pocket for the privilege of watching this garbage. Yeah, I never understood like the, the um, what was it 2009, whatever, 0 and 16. The people that were going to the games with the bags on their head. What point are you proving? You still paid for a ticket. The million. The they mil- still got the your mi- money. The 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 million, or excuse me, the million, the million man walkout. Excuse me, that's what they were gonna call it. We're gonna go to the game. And we're gonna walk out at halftime. Then they already got your money, yeah, stupid. You- <laughs> yeah, dummy. What fucking good does that do? You know what you do? You know what you fucking do? You don't buy tickets, and you don't go to the fucking game, and you let them shit. Look at what happened with the 49ers this year. Oh boy, heads rolled in fucking San Francisco, didn't it? If when you start putting a dent in their profit margin, they'll listen. That's the only way this is going to change. And sadly, man, this is the, this is the truth. And this isn't just for you, Earl. This is for me. This is for Chris. This is for everybody listening. If your side doesn't have the numbers and doesn't win, that's that's how this world works. You have to just accept it. You can cry about it. You can stomp your feet and you can get angry. It ain't going to change anything. We have a whole country tearing itself apart because we, everybody wants to act like a two-year-old because they didn't get what they fucking wanted in this last election. And it ain't getting us fucking nowhere, is it? So what, what, what do you think is going to happen when you start fucking doing the same thing about fucking sports? The only way to, the only way to, the only way to change anything is vote with your dollar. Show them your displeasure with your dollar. When you brought up Stephen A. Smith a couple weeks ago, about how he was a hypocrite by attacking the 49ers for hiring John Lynch as their fucking GM with no experience, yet he applauded the Lakers putting Magic as head of 
operations. I told you what to do. Start a, start a hashtag. Get something fucking going. That's how shit gets done these days. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. The, the, the salaries aren't going anywhere. The way the t- teams treat their players aren't going anywhere until they have no one watching their team. That's the end of it. All right. Well, you know, you brought up San Francisco. Do we talk about this? <laughs> kind of wedge it in nicely. Kaepernick uh, kind of finding out the market ain't what he thought it was. Well, and didn't, okay, hold on a sec. Oh. You, Earl, you might want to watch that video. That way you can hear what is being said because I don't know oh, if I you did. can hear it over the line when, he, when Chris plays it. it. Yeah, I heard it. Okay. All right, go ahead. I just want to make sure we had all heard it before we play it. Oh, this is this is it? This is the time? Yeah, yeah. Stand by. Damn it. Hold on. There's not much difference between Colin Kaepernick and Tim Tebow. One kneels in protest, the other in prayer. They're well-intentioned, but they're relatively clueless. They're millennials who polarize, inspire, and confound because what they purportedly stand for dwarfs what they're capable of doing as NFL quarterbacks. Ooh. Obsessed with their physiques, neither mastered the mechanics of their position, and flamed out as franchise QBs after experiencing a brief bit of success thanks to their defense, their legs, and a bit of luck. Their on-field legacies will be defined by their narcissistic celebrations, T-Boyd and Kaepernicking, the only sports celebrations named after the inventors. Kaepernick and T-Bow, alleged symbols of something profound, powerful, and philanthropic, ultimately will be remembered for symbolizing themselves. You know what else is hard to distinguish? The difference between Kaepernick and Tebow's supporters. Both groups are in total denial of the oh shallowness of their saviors. Oh boy. They buy the hype along with the jersey. Oh boy. The smug sense of superiority that was sold separately long before Cap and Tebow entered the NFL. Oh man, how much shit is the black community giving this guy? I don't think he gives a fuck, to be honest with you. Jason Whitlock, I don't think he cares. Uh, obviously, but I mean, I... T- yeah, but he speaks the truth, though. <laughs> you know, you know there are some SJWs out there that have probably just scorched to this guy. I'm typing Jason Whitlock. Well, Twitter. okay. First of all, when it comes to Kaepernick and why he's not signed... We 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 talked about this briefly in the, in the group chat and in, in show prep, and my opinion is he's a one dimensional quarterback. If he's in the scheme that he's good at, he's good. But if you, you can't make adjustments with a player like him, because if you have to adjust on the fly, because the defense he's playing against has adjusted and figured out how to fucking beat him at his game, he's not a good enough quarterback to make adjustments. To continue to lead that offense, I mean, this isn't this isn't college football, all right. You can't run you can't run a read option all fucking day. You just can't do it. You do that in the NFL, it, it, it it'll get you. It it's like it's like the Tampa two defense, or the cover two defense, however you want to call it. Okay, it was the it was the hotness for a minute, but ultimately, teams are going to figure out how to fucking beat it. They're going to know the weakness of it. And so it becomes part of your repertoire. Now, if you have a defense that can only run a Tampa 2, that's not going to fucking work. That's not. You have to have a defense that's capable of doing more than one thing. You cannot be a one-dimensional player or a one-dimensional team in the NFL and succeed. Not on, not year in and year out. So 
To me, there's there's your number one reason he's not being signed. Number two is because of all the bullshit that happened yep. last season. That's a distraction in the locker room. He comes with some extra baggage. Exactly. No one wants that. When Michael Sam came out as gay and then was drafted, Tony Dungy came out and said, the only reason I wouldn't draft Michael Sam is that I don't want the distraction in the locker room. However, if he could prove that he's not a distraction, I would have no problem with him on my team. Now, you can make the argument that Michael Sam wasn't good enough to be a player that's, you know, still out there. Uh, you know, in, uh, he's, he, uh, he's a name player because of his position, or not his position, but him coming out before the draft. Is he even in the that's, league anymore? I don't think so. But, I mean, look at someone like Manti Teo. All right, he was a clusterfuck before the draft. That was a big thing. Distraction in the locker room. He hit the pros. He's just a solid, middle-of-the-road NFL player. And I heard he has a bullshit, real girlfriend now, too. And his bullshit got left at the door. He's not a distraction to teams. That's how come he will most likely get re-signed by another team if he's a free agent. Well, I think it kind of goes back to something I've said a bunch of times. I toot my own horn here, but you perform, it doesn't matter. If 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 the end if you if the product you're giving your coach, an owner and whatnot and your team, if the end results are worth putting up with bullshit for, then that's all that matters. But if it's not, if and, and what Cop Kaepernick Kaepernick's proving, if you put out lame ass shitty ass, if your end result is not worth all the bullshit that comes with you, peace. Michael Sam plays for the CFL, by the way. Yeah, what's I tell you? And hey, you know what? I've said. Look, I said this in a group chat. I'll say it. I'll say it on the show. Kaepernick might have to fucking swallow his pride, take a hit, and go to the CFL and learn to be more than a one-dimensional player if he's even capable of it. All right. And then if he comes back and he's Doug Flutie part two, all right, more power to him. All right. I don't. I, that, but right now, he's not a player that anyone's going to sign to start. A backup, maybe a backup to a backup. And how many teams carry a fucking? Three quarterbacks on their on their roster anymore. Most fucking have two. If the if their starter gets injured, then they sign a fucking third backup to back up the guy that now is going to be starting. The Jets signed Josh McCown today. Maybe uh, he could uh, he could end up a Jet. <laughs> but see, that's that's also football is 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 different than other sports. If you've watched anything, if you've watched the 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 um when uh, I forget the name of the show. But it was on Amazon where they followed the Cardinals for the entire year. If you watch Hard Knocks, coaches are constantly telling players that they cut. Be keep up on your conditioning. Keep up on the fucking keep your football IQ high because at any moment that phone can ring and someone needs you. How many stories were there like that this season where it was like so and so didn't you know hasn't played a down since 2015? You know, got cut preseason and uh, got the call. There was there's a few of those stories this past season. There's they, a few, yeah. There's there's it all. It happens every year, so there's a chance he could get fucking signed once the once, especially once the fucking preseason starts and injuries start piling up. My beef is why the fuck is Spike Lee all of a sudden coming out saying he's being blacklisted? Why does Spike Lee? Spike Lee is not an an owner. He is not a coach. Why does Spike Lee feel like he needs to pipe up on every sport in New York City or on black athletes in general? Is there a meeting? Is this a self-appointed position? Like, yeah, it's like, definitely. It's like I told it you, is. it's the same as Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson. They're all self-appointed. 
leaders. Like, isn't Spike Lee one of the people that'll tell you, you know, so-and-so, you know, black people don't know all black people, yet he feels a need so much to speak for all of them? I don't understand Spike Lee sometimes. A lot of mixed okay. messages. I, I respect him as a, as a sports fan because he's a passionate fan. If you've ever seen him on the, at a Knicks game, if you remember his battles <laughs> with Reggie Miller, <laughs> more so than, than Ewan and, and, and uh, Starks out there, um, uh, you know, he's, he's a passionate fan. And as a sports fan, I, I like to see that. And I like to see a celebrity that's willing to, to maybe put themselves out there and look a little foolish. He's not the Jack Nicholson cool with the hair slicked back and the sunglasses sitting on the, on the sidelines in L.A. He's the dude who's going to get up and fucking cheer, and he's going to throw the fucking towel when they, you know, when, they, when they get a blown call or they fuck up. So from that aspect, I, I respect him as a sports fan. Unfortunately, you're trying to mix sports and politics, and we all know that you're a political filmmaker for the most part. We get it, and he got every right to express your opinion. But did God, did Kaepernick come to you? Did he? Did, did, have you heard any stories about how Kaepernick came to him and said, "Hey, Spike, can you help a brother out?" Yeah. No, but I have heard the story about Trump saying that it was because he didn't stand for the national anthem. That was funny. Yeah, well, Trump also said it. the reason he's not signed is because of Trump. Because it's all about Trump constantly. Just ask him, he'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. So which one is it? Is it because he didn't stand for the national anthem, or is it because Donald Trump talks shit about him and so no team will hire him? No team will sign him. Like can't I said both before, ways. My- can't have a both ways haircut. My, my personal feelings for the man aside, his best days are behind him, and unfortunately, everybody in the NFL knows that. And the only reason if he the, the question is, is he blackballed or not, is because of the media wanting to take a dig at him not standing for a national anthem. It has nothing to do with it. First of all, the media, for the most part, if you, if you believe the Fox Sports, or, or excuse me, the Fox News uh, talking points, the media is all liberal. So the media should be eating this shit up. All right, and even even the sports media, especially when you look at ESPN, and this is this is not me, you know, shitting all over SJWs or whatever. This is a pretty much Disney, who owns ESPN, has come out and said they're pushing for a different audience than what they've traditionally had. They're looking to diversify their audience. All right, so it's a they're the moves they're making are very calculated. They're very much on purpose, and they're very much by design to elicit a certain response. So right there, I don't buy the media's fucking shitting all over them. There are certain elements of people in the media that will, and they're usually not sports fans. And they're just, it's the hot button topic, so they, they bring it in and they put it on their little talking head segment. And then in two weeks later, they forgot about it, which is what they did. Now they're bringing it back up again because Trump inserted himself in the story, same way as Spike Lee. They both have a right to say what they said, and I got a right to say both of them need to fucking shut the fuck up. Because neither of you did shit. Neither of you are going to do shit to influence anybody, no matter who the fuck you are. No football team is going to make decisions based on what Spike Lee or Donald Trump says. Hey, Rich. Now, you still love Tampa Bay, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means you you loved when John Lynch was playing for you, right? Yeah. Okay, would you say he knows a lot about the NFL and how it goes? He doesn't have the man on speed dial. Judging for his performance and his playing abilities, would you say he knows how how the game of football goes and how it should be played? 
from a player's point of view, obviously he had a high football IQ mixed with, yeah, some amazing ability and hard work, yeah. I don't know. Okay. If, I've never seen him coach. I've never seen him make decisions in a front office. I can't, I can't speak to that. No, I'm not asking you to. What I'm asking you is from watching him play his safety position and going mm-hmm. after quarterback after quarterback, do you think okay. he knows what a quarterback is and isn't capable of? I mean, yeah, I'd have to say, yeah. he's Okay, so he, if he looked at Colin Kaepernick, I don't care if he danced on the flag, raised it above his head 20,000 feet. If he looked at Colin Kaepernick and said, that guy's got promise in that position, do you th- would agree with me then he would have kept him as the quarterback of his franchise, yeah? Yeah. I, okay. Where are we going with this? Because, I, I mean, I... I'm because, trying to give you, like, because I'm trying to play the line out and see where you're heading. But to me, it's like it's like you're trying to set me up to, that, like, I'm going to disagree with you. I totally agree with you. I don't think Kaepernick has any talent. You might, you might disagree with me. The, the, my point here is John Lynch, and I completely agree with you, has a very high football IQ, knows how to judge a quarterback. He's done it for many years in the pros, won championships doing it. He, he knows his stuff. Okay, he might not know the negotiation of a contract or not. I, I digress. We'll see. That being said, he knows talent. Okay, and if way, he looked at Colin Kaepernick stories, and saw that idea. he could be Colin Lynch Kaepernick so of 2012 or better, I think, he would kept, I think he would have kept him. Yeah. He didn't. Therefore, he's gone. And I think it had absolutely zero to do with if he stood or knelt or sat for the flag. Yeah, I Yes, so I think that don't said, we all I agree think, on that? I think other owners and managers and everything else look at it as the same way. Yeah, there was a distraction or, or there was a raising of awareness or whatever he wants to call it or whatever anybody wants to call it, but that was done and over with. He said he squashed that, he'll stand, he'll dance and dance, monkey dance, all that good shit, and people still aren't bringing him on, on board with their team. That being said, I think it's because of the skill level has nothing to do with the flag. I'm not going to say, okay, I'm not going to say it has nothing to do with the controversy surrounding him this offseason, or I mean this last season, because in the NFL and in sports in general, people people tend to go, okay, what's their, what's their track record? I mean, because think about it. Players get paid based on what they've done, not what they're going to do. No, nowadays, nowadays it's more on you get paid on your upside. But, you know, usually it was you played out a shitty rookie contract, and if you did well, then you signed the big contract, and then you signed, the, and then if you continue to do well, you signed the big money contract, and then you got your retirement contracts and you were out of the game. All right? They're looking at him going, he was a distraction to the entire NFL last year, and he's not good enough to warrant putting up with that distraction if he decides to do it again. Because ultimately, just like we talked about last year, he is now playing for, he is now shopping himself around the teams who may or may not have taken a stand on whether their players can kneel or stand or whatever during the national anthem. And if he signs with them and he goes against what they said, his ass could end up back on the unemployment line. It's just like signing with the Yankees. If you I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't give a fuck who you are. You could be fucking Mike Trout. If you sign with the Yankees, you're going to have short hair and you're going to be clean shaven. And that's all there is to it. 
And if you don't want to do that, then the Yankees will show your ass the door. And if you say you're not going to do it in contract negotiations, the Yankees will show your ass the door. Now, to me, that's a dumb thing to fucking base who you sign someone on and it being a sticking point, but it is with them. And there's teams that said, hey, if he was on our team, he'd be standing for the national anthem or his ass would be cut. Why? He ain't good enough. And, and, and yes, Earl, there are teams that feel just like you. They are so outraged by what he did that even if he was good, even if he was going to win them multiple Super Bowls, they'd still cut him based on principle. That was never the argument we argued about this. The argument was you said he had no right to do it. The owner in San Francisco and the management in San Francisco said he did. So he did it. Now he's a free agent. He knew he was going to be a free agent. He tried to get ahead of this thing and said, I won't be doing this next season. It's already come back to bite him in the ass. This is the beauty of free speech. You're allowed to say what you want. You're allowed to express yourself. It doesn't mean that you are free from the consequences of doing so. Now he's learning that, yeah, he, he drew a lot of attention to himself. He drew a lot of attention to his cause. There's consequences for it. And part of the consequences are you're not a good enough quarterback for teams to take the risk that you're going to show up and, A, play at the level you played at years ago, and, B, be a good clubhouse guy and not a distraction. Yeah, if I could say anything to Spike Lee, you know, call me, Spike. Uh, there's, yeah, I think he, if anything, he blackballed himself. He fucked himself over. He made himself, he's, he's, he is leaning more towards the liability side than the asset side as far as taking him on. Hey, Chris, talk to me about Cam Newton. Is he not going down that same path? Cam Newton has to have another season of medi- of mediocrity or worse for me to agree with that. He had half, okay, but he, he had half of he his is. team got Super Bowl-itis and pieced out and took the money with uh, some contracts. You know, he right, was but, he was injured. Like, give me. I need another season of him shit in the bed before I can agree with you. Well, he is getting shoulder surgery on his throwing arm. Well, let's see, here we go. I mean, maybe it's coming up. I'm just saying, I need, I need one more season of uh, him not doing nothing for me to agree with that. It's kind of like Reese with the sun setting on LeBron's career. Eh, he just won a championship. He's on par to win the East again. Like, let's not be too quick on saying that sun setting. Same kind of process there well i just wanted to add with the the bit you ran about colin is with cam okay he he relied totally on his defense to get him to the super bowl mm-hmm. so did colin sort of peyton manning difference is peyton manning won i mean they both are doing the same thing and cam you could argue is more mobile yeah really yeah, look at the 39 year old peyton manning versus cam newton no way i mean the Punt, pass, and kick competition. Cam Newton <laughs> wins that one. Just saying. It, it looks dangerously like he's following in the same footsteps. Like he ain't making waves at all. Well, let's see. I told you. He's also, he's, he won a Heisman. You didn't know who Colin Kaepernick was till he was in the pros. I'm going to say it because I said it in the chat. He plays like LeBron, or he bitches like a LeBron and plays like Colin. The story's still being written, man. I can't write him off yet. The story is he's, still being written. He's had, what, two seasons in the league? Newton? Yes. I think it's probably been way more than that. Just we're old. Hold on. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Last year was his, yeah, he, first year he went to the Super Bowl, didn't he? No. So, okay, so it's got to be his third year. Dude, he's 27. He's got to be on, like, fourth or fifth year. Hold on. Yeah, 2011. I was drafted. My mouth was fucking guys. doing this first. 2011, he was drafted. 
Okay, 11, 12. So yeah, we're just old and time flies. That's, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and here, let me just, before I even, before I even ask, let me see here. All right, so Newton was drafted in 2011, and Kaepernick was drafted in 2011. He's 36 pick overall in the second round. Okay, so, to, I mean, I get what you're saying, Earl. I really do, because, I mean, outside of what you want, I, I understand, you know, Cam Newton, blah, 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 but Cam Newton is... <laughs> They were both taken in 2011. By the time Kaepernick's career started to fucking hit the skids, Newton was just riding the high of coming off a fucking Super Bowl appearance. All right. Yeah, but Colin Kaepernick's been to one and was a play away from being another. Cam Newton's only been to one, not even close to another. I mean, I got you, dude. I mean, you're you're basically you're calling your shot, and I mean, you're going blind in a hand of spades is what you're doing. Well, you'd argue uh, that's, that's all you're doing. Kaepernick dude. hasn't been shit without Harbaugh. Newton's played at the same level. But he's had Ron Rivera the whole time too, hasn't he? I yes, believe so. he has. And and you know, and this is and this is another thing. I have to say this, okay? Jesus and khakis. Yes, he has taken my favorite college football team, and he's improved on them since he's been here. Okay, but whatever the fuck, I, I know that weed is like decriminalized in Ann Arbor, but whatever he's smoking, he needs to share that shit with me because he's just come out in the last couple of days saying Kaepernick could be a fucking Super Bowl, multiple Super Bowl winning quarterback again if he signs with the right team. Okay, I refuse to believe that Jim Harbaugh's fucking football IQ is that low. I guess it's only a $5 ticket in Ann Arbor. You know, maybe you got some good shit. Maybe he's in Michigan now. Maybe he got a medical card. I just I can't believe he's that that he's that dumb. But I mean, I, let's be honest, guys. What the fuck does Cam Newton bring to the table if you don't run the read option with him? I mean, not Cam Newton. Excuse me, uh, Kaepernick. What 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 ty- what style of offense can you put him in where he's going to flourish? Anybody? Cricket, cricket, Bueller. <laughs> You're not going to get an argument about that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's wait, West Coast. Okay, you mean you mean the, the offense that 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 peaked in the 80s, and you know what I'm saying? I mean, he has to run the ball. The problem is is that when the teams when teams know it's coming, they can plan for him. He can't make adjustments. It was just like Whitlock said in that video. He's like Tebow. He's a one-dimensional player. Okay, they are physical specimens who look like fucking GQ models when they're on covers of magazines with their shirts off who didn't learn how to play their position to be more than just a one-dimensional player. Okay, that's all there is to it. And it, it it irritates me that we're sitting here talking about this asshole like he's fucking, you know, Peyton Manning in his prime and he can't and he's a free agent, and he can't get signed. No, he's not. He was never that. He was a he was a, a one and a half season fucking flash in the pan. It happens all the time in the NHL or NFL. It happens all the time in all sports. Okay, Mark Fidrich, ever heard of the bird? Yeah. Yeah, that lasted one season. Sure did. John Van Beesbrook, how you doing? No one knows who the fuck you are except for people in Miami who was in the, NH- who were into the, uh, the Panthers in 1996. That's it. I mean, there's plenty of them. We just Al- keep going down the list. Spike Albrecht, anybody? Yeah. <laughs> Joel Zamaya. Yeah. Oh, man, I had such high hopes for him, though. 
And that's the okay. I like here's, that he used Voodoo the, Child as his fucking entrance music. That's all. It's all here's me the on. thing. I feel bad for someone like Joel Zamaya, where I don't feel bad for the position that Kaepernick's in. Okay, Kaepernick did a lot with his limited ability. Right? He's not. He's not an all-around great quarterback. Okay, but he ultimately thought that he took a gamble. I'm going to take a stand, and I'm going to draw attention to this, and I'll give him this. I'll give him this. He's put his money, and he's still putting his money where his mouth is. He is still out there stumping for the charities that he supported, for his organization. He's still doing all that shit. He's not, he's not, he's not, it wasn't a one-year thing. Look at me. I'm, let me get my Q rating up, and then let me fucking abandon ship here. Put his money where his mouth is. But he made the mistake of thinking that he could go out there and do anything he wanted, and he, there would be no repercussions for it. A guy like Joel Zamaya went out there and threw so fucking hard he broke his arm on the fucking pitcher's mouth. Okay, I have more sympathy for a guy like that who flamed out trying to do his fucking job than a guy who fucking shot himself in the foot because he wanted to make a fucking point. No matter if I agree with his point or not. So, that's what bothers me about this. Why? The only reason we're talking about Kaepernick right now, besides just a passing mention that he hasn't been signed, is because of Spike Lee. And is because of fucking Donald Trump. And you're dealing with huge egos that have nothing to do with sports that have now dictated that, that, that they're going to be talked about in the world of sports. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous, even. Yeah, well, not I disagree with you there. On the sad note, Jerry Krause died. Just for people who don't know, former owner of the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, the guy who pretty the much orchestrated the fucking 90s Bulls. Yeah, the architect of the dynasty. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, uh, that's, that's got to be up there with like Mike Illich here in Detroit. I'm pretty sure. In, oh, you know, 100% sports, is. Sports fans in Chicago are like, holy shit, you know. I mean, granted, I don't, I don't know how, how much he was still involved or if he was even involved at all in sports. But, I mean... To be for anybody who was part of that run, even if you don't like basketball, that was probably a once in a lifetime, maybe arguably once in a few lifetime runs you're ever going to fucking see. Gatorade, is it in you? Because you arguably had the best player the game's ever seen spearheading it. No. Along with, once again, arguably the best coach the game's ever seen moving the chess pieces around. Is it in you? And a supporting cast of players who any team would have died to have. So, but anyways, yeah, I'm I, sure the- you, you you jumped the gun on me because I didn't want to go fucking full on in memoriam and play the sad music like you know oh, during fucking when everybody's using the bathroom during the Oscars here. Uh, should I've had the sad walking away music <laughs> from Incredible Hulk? Um. Because we're talking about one quarterback flop to it. I wanted, I wanted to, because Whitlock talked about Tebow. I thought this was interesting. <laughs> Apparently, he's in single A. Uh, that's where he's going to be this season to start off, at least. One A it, for you, Tebow. You're going to earn your other two. And uh, teams that he's playing against are planning when he comes up to bat, if he strikes out, they're going to give away hamburgers to fans. I think that's fucking hilarious. I think that's 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 like trolling in real life, personally. Now it, it is, but at the same time, it goes back to what I said about him last week. He's just like Jordan. 
as in he has he he should not be on that fucking field. He's taking up a spot that someone else who actually could have a chance of making the show should be in. Yes, absolutely. He he should definitely not be playing baseball. He's trying to be Bo Jackson and he's ending up like Michael Jordan. I, at this point, I'm in. Who cares? Whenever I see, like, what? Who, he's like, I, I, really. Whenever I get those alerts, I'm like, stop sending us alerts about it, ESPN. If you keep talking about it, it's like it's like fucking Beetlejuice. If you keep talking about <laughs> it, it exists. Stop talking about it. <laughs> you say his name three times in a row. Yeah. He shows up and hands you a Gideon Bible. <laughs> yeah. Sit there and kneel. <laughs> well, I mean, I just. It, it, it really is a sad state of affairs. I mean, I know we talked about it last week, but it really is. It's kind of pathetic. It, it should, no, it's not kind of. It is pathetic that the Mets felt that they needed this fucking, you know, this attention. I mean, it, it really is the little brother going, hey, look at me. They're only you two know? years out of the World Series. That's why I don't understand it. That's, dude, that's, it's, a, it's a, I guess, a perpetual inferiority complex, man. Because, now, granted, the generation that remembered when New York was the mecca of baseball, when you had the Giants and the Dodgers and the Yankees, and they were all there, they're dying off. Okay, those, those people are slowly leaving this planet. But even with all those, <laughs> out of all the teams that have ever played ball in New York, I'd say like the Mets are like the third best or the third most loved team. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're yeah. not even number two, and they're competing with teams who haven't played there since the 50s and 60s. Yeah, there's more people wearing Brooklyn Dodger shit than Mets shit in some neighborhoods. I, seriously, I, dude, when I lived out in New York, I'm not even bullshit. I would see old guys walk around with Brooklyn Dodgers hats, New York Giants hats. I mean, it's just, I'm like, oh, wow. If you're a Mets fan, that's got to sting. I mean, I'm not a Mets fan, but if you're part of the Mets organization, that's got to sting. There's a guy that I work with that wears a Tarasenko shirt. He loves the blues, man. He, he lives and dies by St. Louis. Well, I mean, that's the, if you're going to wear one player from the blues, that's the player to wear, that's for sure. I mean, he is he is their their you know hopes for the uh, uh, the future there, at least at the moment. Is there a future there, or is it going to be just like every other St. Louis team? I dude, I don't, I can't tell you, man. St. Louis, St. Louis has been a team that I think is underperformed. And they've had players that gave that they had no excuse to underperform with because the players they've had have went other places and have had success. And I'm not talking about players that came there after their prime, like Gretzky and shit. I'm talking about they never did shit with Pronger. They never did shit with Brett Hall. They never did shit with Doug Waite. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, it's just, you know, they, they had Shanahan at one point. They didn't do shit with him. I mean, I, I just, I don't know, dude. I, I, it, they're they're like the they're, like, they're kind of like the lions of the NHL. They're just there. I mean, they have they have some great players in their history. That yes, they they will be mentioned in the history books. If the NHL was to close up shop right now, they won't be a they won't be a footnote. You know, they won't be the Atlanta Thrashers. But I mean, they're not going to be known like 
they're not going to be up there with the, with any of the original six teams. So, I don't know, man. And to go with the NHL question and the hockey question and the money question, Women's USA Hockey League banking that they're not going to show up for a tournament that the U.S. is going to host if they don't get paid. I, I completely disagree with it. It's a, a international competition. Um, but at the same time, they have some great arguments. Is the men's team getting paid? Men teams are getting paid. There's no, and, there's and my minor w- league teams. There's there's organizations that help build and supply the men's team, whether they're they're good or bad, whether it's a lot of money or a little. Uh, you know, it just but to, I, to me, arguments over. I mean, quite honestly, I you can argue about who's a bigger draw, but at the same time, if you're being asked, it, it the we're just on the playing field here. If, if the same thing's happening on the other side, it should go for both, shouldn't it? If men get some money, why don't the ladies get some money? Or everyone gets no money. Is this an issue with the USA Olympics, or is this an issue with... It's like, look, you're just... You don't have the draw. We're not going to spend the money on you. I, th- I think it's more the U- U.S. Olympic team because they did the same thing with women's soccer. And that had a huge draw. Well, yeah, women's soccer outdraws uh, men's soccer on the Olympic level by leaps and bounds. And I think it's been that way for, uh, you know, going on over 20 years now at this point. Yeah, you don't even have to know anything about soccer, but I can say Mia Hamm and everybody knows who I'm talking about. Yeah, you can say Hope Solo, and I know what her butthole looks like. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Hope Solo, a Judy Fowley. I, I can do all of these things, and people will know who I'm talking about. I'm surrounded by assholes. See, I, I'm, I'm going to have to be on I'm the, the, the man on the outside here. Uh, if they don't draw, then, yeah, why should, they, why, should, why should USA Olympics dump money into them if, A, they're not drawing... And B, they don't perform in the Olympics. That I mean, I'm talking as far as the same money as the as the men's team. And on top of that, they just had the tournament this year, and USA didn't do a whole lot of shit. That was I, I know that was before you were on, Earl. But you know, I, I went on a half hour fucking rant about how the fact that the USA hockey team was built basically. Like, they thought they were still playing the game in the late 80s and early 90s. They put a bunch of grinders and fucking and, and, and hard hitters out there. And that's not that, that works in the NHL playoffs where it is a gr- literally, no pun intended, a grind to get through the entire thing. It doesn't work in a round-robin elimination tournament. You need speed and you need playmakers out there because you only have a handful of games to win them. You don't right, get but- best of seven. That's one of their arguments. It's not just the money that they're not getting paid like the men. They don't also. They also don't have the the startup. Uh, I don't know what exactly what it's called. The little leagues, but um, men's hockey and whatnot get all of this funding for their you know uh, where to pull people from. Is that funding or is that leagues? Because you can have you can have junior leagues in hockey. First of all, junior leagues in in hockey 
those guys, they said they 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 start playing for teams sometimes in their like 13, 14, 15 and they're not even living at home anymore. You know, they have they have hockey families they stay with and they're living 2, 3 hours away from home going to school and playing hockey and that's their entire fucking life. Right, but the junior leagues and everything are being funded for the men's leagues by the Olympics committees, but not by well, they ain't being funded by the, these teams. The, the, I'm talking about the leagues in Canada. I don't know about the leagues oh, in the U.S., but the leagues in Canada, USA, USA hockey ain't putting dime one in a, or loony one into fucking anything that's going to even remotely come close to supporting anybody who's going to play in, in a Canadian fucking jersey and, and the Olympics against them. So, that, so right there, it's, I'm just saying, I don't know if they have the equivalent here in the U.S. I mean, I know they have the ECHL, the East Coast Hockey League, and in, in leagues like that, but I don't even know. I, that's what I'm saying. These are minor league, minor league teams and, and, and minor league leagues, but these aren't development teams. So, I mean, like, what, what, are, what are they bitching about? They don't have the money for them from the Olympics? Okay, is, let's be honest here. Is, is women's hockey even that popular? Uh, I mean, is men's hockey knowledge. even that popular? Not right now. I mean, you could look at, I mean... That's settled. Everyone gets no money. Well, no, because if, <laughs> if, if they were in college, okay, if they were, if they were, these were college players, Title IX that Nixon passed would guarantee that they had, at least in, on paper, that they had the same amount of financing and support given to them as any men's college team. Okay, that's what Title IX was about. And that was, that was for high school and middle school and colleges. All right, but if they're outside of those, if they're if they're not playing for a high school or a college, there's no there's no law that dictates that they have to have the same amount of support. I mean, it's it's kind of like the WNBA doesn't get the same amount of advertising budget that the NBA gets just because they're basketball and they're women. No one hardly goes to WNBA games. That's why the WNBA doesn't have the advertising budget that the NBA has and doesn't have the developmental league and all in the summer league and all this shit like the NBA has because Ironic- there's not the, there's not a market for it. Ironically enough to speak to your point, Rich, the women's NCAA basketball tournament started and no fucks were given. <laughs> what Trump didn't fill out a bracket like Obama did? Not on a woman's bracket. By the way, I just have to say that I, I clicked an article quickly and skimmed it about this, uh, the U S women's hockey team. All right. And, uh, it said ESPNW, and I had to do a double take, and then it hit me what ESPNW is. Anybody want to take a guess? Women. Really? Really? <laughs> I got to turn on Sports ESPN Center. Women? I got to turn on Sports Center, and I got to watch fucking highlights of women's fucking NCAA basketball before any other fucking sport. But yet they, they still get their own fucking website, and you know what channel's coming. Fuck out of here, man. Seriously? It, it, we need, we we have a real problem with honesty in this country at this point in our in our history, and it's really getting pathetic. I'm sorry, women's sports for the most part don't draw like men's sports. Women's tennis does, women's soccer does. That's about it. Oh, um, hey, hey guys, I'm I'm getting a a text real quick from somebody that I work with that's listening to our podcast. Not obviously right now, but say, holy shit, shows. we're not even broadcasting. <clears throat> 
he said, I'm stealing this. Welcome to my garden of fucks. Look how barren it is. <laughs> there you go. He's he's stealing it. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's. I, I guess it's it's kind of apt that you got that in the middle of this conversation because it's kind of exactly. how I feel about this subject. I mean, exactly. I exactly. I'm sorry. Look, look. Is it fair? No, but we live in a country that if you make money, they will. And people then 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 you will if you bring and put asses in the seats with your sport then people will give you money and invest money in that sport. If you're playing to 80% empty fucking sheds and you're the women's hockey's team, no one's going to give a fuck. And you can make the argument it's rightfully so. I mean, I hate to be this guy because it makes me sound like an asshole, but so be it. It's like when Chris, Chris, you were in bands. You were a musician in your 20s. I was a musician in my 20s. We would sometimes play to empty fucking bars. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what? That's when you go, wow, I really must love this because there, it's not. I'm not doing this for the money. Mm-hmm. Hello, XFL. Yeah. All right. So if they love the game that much, they'll continue to play it. Hold on one sec, guys. We're going to have to edit this part out. Hold on a sec. All right. Sorry. I thought I had someone at the door. Uh. <laughs> Just turns their – something the, People are slamming doors in the hallway. I can't tell with these over-the-ear headphones. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if women's NBA fucking, if WNBA drew half of what the NBA does, it'd be all over the place. I mean, is that even even up for a debate? No. I mean, there is a a professional female football league, right? Hardly anyone knows about it. I don't even think it's on television. But they get paid, they travel, they play. Granted, they play at high school football fields, but they play. I know a player who plays on one. So I mean, she's not bitching. Well, I didn't have prof- you know I didn't have football coming up in development this and development that. Why? Because she knows if we draw a couple hundred, they feel like the fucking New England Patriots. Yeah, you set the bar low. See, it's easy to exceed it. So people always play small clubs, small bars. Twenty-five people show up. You look like a fucking hero. <laughs> you know, I I can't count how many times that. I, I've had discussions with people when being in bands and stuff. It's like, okay, we're going to pay to print up 100 CDs. And then, of course, after the you assholes know, in the band gave half of them away for free because everybody gets a free CD that you know, so now you can't even get a guaranteed sale there. Now you really see how much people are willing to pay for your fucking your product. And there was only one time that we made up a second batch after that first hundred was gone. And I've been on five CDs and been through that cycle five times. So what's that tell you? If, if, if there's a demand for your product, people will invest in it. Now, but once again, if this is a situation like it is with women's soccer, where it's just, I don't understand that if women's soccer is the dominant of the, of the two and they're not getting the support. Yeah. Then obviously there's some fuckery behind the scenes going on and something needs to be done about it. And it seems to me that people that run women's soccer would definitely step in and be like, hey, yo, fuck this. We put asses in the seats. You're going to give us the money to help do that. Speaking of putting asses in the seats, how about Barry Bonds as the uh, special advisor to the Giants? Like the New York Giants or the San Francisco Giants? San Francisco. Okay, so he was with the Marlins. So now he goes, I think he was, was was he a hitting coach with the Marlins? Something like that, bench coach? 
Mm-hmm. He, now he's over as a special advisor. Okay, I'm kind of wondering, so is that kind of like the Jim Leland? Like, hey, show up and uh, wave to the crowd and do interviews, you know, every couple times during the season. And uh, well, It's going to be the batting cages and everything else, they said. He's bringing his big head. Is he going to have a special size? Sure. Is he going to get a special sized hat? You know what that tells me? It tells me that that <laughs> one he he must have someone in San Francisco liked him because everything we ever I ever heard about him was that he was just a fucking asshole to play with, an asshole to to, to manage, an asshole to, to to be a general manager of, to negotiate with. I mean, he was so fucking egotistical that he never allowed his likeness to be used in any baseball game, even when he was still playing. I mean, like, really, dude? Come on, man. You know? And, of course, there's... Do we even get into it? There's the whole cheating thing. And he's being rewarded with positions with his former team, who supposedly couldn't stand him when he was there. Hey, man, you get to a certain income level, you fail up. We've talked about it on a regimented we just talked about that too you get to a certain See, level that, you fail up Barry is apparently what, at that level that's what I'm saying I think this is more of a this is more of a pay attention to us which I don't understand because San Francisco has quietly became a dynasty in the new decade and well, I think a lot of people sleep on them I mean dude they've won what three championships since 2010, I mean, that's that's like Yankees pace in the 90s. You know, they just weren't back to back to back. So, why didn't you feel the need to hey pay attention to us? I'm not sure. But I think it also speaks to a guy like him who, without a doubt, is taking something, no matter if he'll ever admit it or not. You know, we have the baseball cards, Barry. Yes, <laughs> we can see. Pictures are worth a thousand words. <laughs> you know, he he ends up welcome back into the baseball family fold, even if it is only through San Francisco. But yet, a guy like Jose Canseco or a guy like Pete Rose is still on the outside. You know, those guys are still on the outside looking in. Well, didn't Canseco kind of make the cardinal sin if he snitched on everybody? Like, isn't that kind of where in Canseco kind of in his own situation, kind of on his own? Like, he fucking just rolled over on everyone and made a whole bunch of enemies? Uh, I Yeah, I, I mean, you could make that argument. But I think what it was is that he was talking about players who were still playing. and Like the code of the clubhouse or whatever? Yeah, that's kind of like when I, when I referenced Ball 4, Jim Bowden's book from... Back in the day, I think it was 1970. Um, uh, once that book was published, his next season, he was treated like a pariah, pretty much. And it was because he did tell stories about guys that were playing. And he did, you know, talk about how they were average guys. They went out, they got drunk. You know, they guys, you know, pitchers in the bullpen would sit there and girls would wear skirts and they'd go what they call beaver shooting. You know, they go, hey, check this chick out over here, you know, on the riser right there. She ain't wearing no panties, shit like that. 
And that yeah. was like, you know, ooh, that was so controversial back then. But my, that's, my that's thing tame is... now. Yeah, well, now it'd be controversial for different reasons, I think. I think it was, just, it was taboo to talk about sex then. It's taboo for to have anything masculine, overly masculine when it comes to sex nowadays. Um, but anyways, uh, it, nothing he said in, in his book turned out to be bullshit. In fact, history's proved him right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the sin he made more than anything. Tell, is that Told the truth. Yeah, you don't do that. I mean, if he'd have kept it vague and never use names he, he might have a different people might have a different outlook on him Just but at the time really horrible fake names him, i'm sorry say that could used, again, Chris? he could have used really horrible fake names well, you know, i same, mean you could just say like my time you know with whatever team I, you know i showed a few different players but then then but then the book would have never got published all right i mean look i'm not here's the deal i think jose canseco's gotten a bad rap Especially compared to guys like how McGuire and Sosa have pretty much. McGuire still has a career in baseball. Sosa, we talked about him a few weeks ago. Eh, I think Sosa's kind of. He's not a pariah, but I mean, he's not Pete Rose. He's not. He's not Jose Canseco. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to be signing five dollar autographs in Vegas to make ends meet. I mean, he's he's still. Oh, he has people have fond memories of him no matter what. Bonds was universally hated when he got out of the league, and he's still in baseball. So I, it, I just don't get it. I mean, at worst he should end up like you know Sosa, but instead they treat him like worse than fucking Pete Rose. I've always wondered if uh, Pete Rose is going to end up with a picture of him on his headstone with him flipping everybody off. You know, I think the saddest part is that Pete Rose keeps fucking chasing that 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 brass ring of of I want to be I want to be in the Hall of Fame while I'm still sucking wind. And I think the sad truth is is that his punishment from baseball and the baseball writers and the gods that make that decision is you will die before you'll fucking it'll happen. He'll be in there one day. He just won't be alive to see it. It's harsh, man. It's harsh. But, but that's, that's, that's probably how, how it I is. Mean, that's how petty it is. Yeah. I mean, look at baseball. Look at look at the baseball Hall of Fame voting. You have people who will refuse to vote for someone because it's their first first ballot, first time around a ballot, whether or not they deserve it. I mean, if you took how how they look at how the voters look at it today, and you apply it to guys like Ty Cobb and 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 Babe Ruth, those guys would you know half the half the writers wouldn't have voted for him because they're, oh, it's their first ballot. No one's a first ballot Hall of Famer. No one's that good. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I think that mentality's slowly dying off as those older guys, you know, die off themselves. But there's still some people that feel that way. And I mean, we've talked about it a little bit. But I mean, ultimately, what did Pete Rose do? He bet on his team to win. He didn't bet against his team. Yeah, could could have been way worse. He didn't, yeah, he wasn't paying, he wasn't, he didn't take bribes to throw games. He wasn't out there making moves so his team would lose. No, he bet on his ability to, 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 to win. I mean, is that really that horrible? I mean, to ban him for life? And then you got guys like Bonds, who, for whatever reason, is Teflon. The accusations stick, but they can't get him on anything as far as nailing him down legally. So we just all act like 
we didn't notice his hat size went up five sizes from when his rookie year <laughs> to the day he retired. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, Earl, have... you had more experience than Chris and I in locker rooms. I mean, is is I mean, is really like what Conseco and and like well, not Conseco. I'll take him out of it. Is 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 really like what McGuire and Sosa and Rose did by cheating? Is that worse than a guy like Bonds who cheated and was an asshole to every teammate he ever had? I mean. Do you, do you get my question here? Uh, no, say it one more time. Is what is is what guy is what guys like Pete Rose, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa did worse to to you in the clubhouse if you were their teammates? Would you look at them and be like, what they did is worse or as bad as what Bonds did with Bonds cheating, but also being an egomaniac who treated all his teammates like assholes. I mean, which one would you rather Not, sit in the clubhouse with and go to battle with is what I'm getting at. All right, taking my personal opinions out of, of all of these guys aside and just being an athlete, uh, I would not want to go with Barry Bonds. Uh, Barry Bonds wanted to maintain his innocence when everybody knew he was guilty. He was also an asshole to everybody, including his teammates. And, I mean... He just didn't only put a damper on the sport, he put a damper on the entire team. So everybody just had to sit there and bow their heads under their cap and and just do their thing and earn their paycheck. With Sammy Sosa, Pete Rose, Mark McGuire, the rest of the people you you described, they weren't an asshole. And I think uh, at least Mark McGuire freely admitted it, saying that he didn't know it was banned and all this. So, I mean... I would go with like somebody with Pete Rose way before I went with somebody like Barry Bonds just because I wouldn't have to be hushed in a corner while everybody talked about him. You know, what about our pitching that day? What about that phenomenal catch in the field? Nobody cares. Everybody wants to talk about the home run that Barry hit. Well, that would be fine and all except for because you, you get into the jealousy part and it's not. But now everybody wants to talk about him taking PD and – you, you just you're still sitting there going, I made a top catch on Sports Center, and we can't talk about that because we we're going to talk about him. And when everybody's said and done, and everybody's gone, and it's just the team there, he wants to treat me like I don't matter. And that goes back to that team concept of you can't win without me. I don't care how many home runs you hit. Well, let me also ask this because I don't think I've ever asked you this question, even off the air, or just knowing you for twenty plus years. If you were playing for a coach and you found out the coach bet on your team to win, would that piss you off as a player? Well, see, and there again, it, it depends on the player. Me personally, no. Yeah, I'd be more pissed off if you bet against us. I'd be like, you yeah, motherfucker. Well, 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 hang on, hang on. You, you would think. However, if I'm not the starter in the game, but I have a chance at playing, but I'm not going to because they don't think I give him the best chance to win, and he's got money on this game. Therefore, I don't play. So my stock is just going to drop because you got money on the game? I get what you're saying, why someone like that would be upset, but let's be honest here. If you're a borderline, if you're on the bubble player anyways, you're only going to get put in in a blowout one way or the other, most likely. I mean, it's not like if the game's close. If you're on the bubble player, it's not like they're going to put you in there unless they have to. You well, know, that's not true, I mean, though. If I'm a middle reliever and I can do the job, but his nerves are so shot because he has money on this, 
that he doesn't call my name, now I don't get my shot. Hey, man, isn't anyone riding the bench kind of like, you know, isn't it like sex over 35? You're just happy to be there? <laughs> I never thought about it that way, but goddamn. But honestly, uh, I mean. It's kind of apt. <laughs> your job is to sit there, get dressed, and not play. Hot, like, I've, I've always thought, like, the best job in the world has to be, like, backup quarterback for an NFL team. Your whole goal every week is to not play. All right, then. Look at it this way. What What about um, if I'm the star player and he bitches me out because I struck out? The guy was just, he had good stuff that day. It would be in the I, back of your mind. Yeah. Is he bitching me out because I struck out? Because, Or is he bitching me out because I just cost yeah. him money? He's cost me 10 right. grand, bitch. I mean, I, I, I get where you're coming from because as, as a player, I would want to coach to, if he's going to fucking jump in my shit, that he jumps in my shit because he's watching me. And especially if I'm aware of the fact that I'm out there half-assing it up at the plate. And I, and you know what I'm saying? I give away in that bat. And I get back in the dugout, and he fucking just chews me up one side and down the other. I want it to be because I deserved it, not because, you know, he's going to have to dip into his kid's college fund to pay off his bookie. Right. So from that aspect, I understand. It just seems to me that, I like... And I know it's not a black and white cut and dry issue, but how can I be upset that our coach is so confident in us that he bets on us to win? I don't think Pete Rose ever bet on his own team, boss. No, he admitted to it. He said he betted on the Reds and he bet for them to win. Betted? We're not an English podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Vetted? Uh, No, uh, no. uh, He said he bet on the Reds and he bet them to win. Sorry, I got my past tense and invented a word all mixed up. And that came out backwards also. But anyways. But still, it's just... I don't know. It's interesting to me. Bonds has a career in baseball after the clusterfuck that, that was his last like five, six seasons. And, you know, McGuire's kind of quietly under the radar has, has a career. And, you know... It, it it just seems kind of arbitrary who the baseball gods decide is exiled and has to wander the desert for the rest of their life and who gets into the, you know, the walled city there. I just don't, I just, doesn't really make sense to me. It's one of the things about baseball that irritates the piss out of me. But it, it, it makes me wonder this question, like, that, because now we've been talking about it. You have to wonder the depth of people Pete Rose had to piss off that this has lasted uh, through different commissioners you know what I'm saying? Different players' unions, like all this kind of shit. Different Hall of Fame uh, writers, like, just makes you wonder how deep did he go? Did it go that he is like regimes have changed and they're so like, nope, fuck you. I think a lot of that's because they had the evidence, they showed him the evidence, and he just he pulled the shaggy defense. Wasn't me. On me. What? That's another Pete Rose. But Pete, we have you on camera, and you know, the mask is around Halloween time. Um, yep, big Halloween me, costume in the St. Louis area. I, I just, I, it's the only thing I can think of, man. I can't think of anything else. Now, granted, I don't know a lot about Pete Rose and his personal well, hang life. Hang on, hang on. We're we're going through that right now with Colin Kaepernick. Wait, what? We're going through that right now. I, I, I want to hear people, how you're pivoting back to pe- this because people don't want to take on 
the the stigma of Colin Kaepernick. They don't want to know if his best years are behind him or not. They're they're totally looking the other way from it. They're not even looking his direction for that one instance, that one thing. It's the same thing with Pete Rose. Nobody even wants to talk about putting him in the Hall of Fame because of that one thing. Who gives a damn how he played? No one wants to be the guy who let Pete Rose in? That's right. I'm, I'm not going down his history as the one that did the deciding vote that put Pete Rose into the fucking Hall of Fame. No way. Uh-uh. Not me. On my watch. And it really is sad because this goes back to it's an issue that we've covered specifically It's it, a, with other examples, but it, it's like we have guys in the, in, in the Hall of Baseball Hall of Fame who were unashamed, unabashedly racist, guys who sabotaged people's careers and livelihoods because of the color of their skin. Uh, in Ty Cobb's case, uh, you know, maybe possibly a murderer who got away with it and did not get the OJ treatment afterwards. And yet a guy like Pete Rose has, commi- like has committed an unforgivable sin by betting on baseball. I Again, mean, Rich, it goes back to what I just said. Nobody wants to be that guy. But was- that's, okay, but I'm going back even further to when it, it came out that he bet on baseball. Someone should have stood up and said, do you see the fucking rogues gallery we have in Cooperstown? Do you, Mickey Mantle drank himself to death. This guy beat a guy to death with a baseball bat. This guy, Ty Cobb, we know did this, went up in the stands and beat a guy half to death. All right. You have tons of fucking philander, uh, 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 you know the word I'm looking for, basically pussy hounds. Right. Possible, you know, rapist, everything else you're, that comes with it. Rich, you're right. But those guys got in before these guys were the voters. The same guys wouldn't have voted for Ty Cobb. Wouldn't have voted for all the people you're talking about. Rob Parker and the, voting for Ty Cobb. At the Cobb. same time, they're not going to be the guy that votes for Pete Rose. Come on. When, when all the vo- these voters go out and the new voters come in, that could be a little bit more level-headed, if you will. Pete Rose will get in. It just it really is a goddamn fucking shame in my book that it, he'll probably the get in when we're the old men of, of of sports writers when it comes to baseball, and it's one of the things that. That has turned me off. I remember watching the baseball uh, documentary that Ken Burns did, and uh, the 10th inning, which was the one that came out a couple years ago, which covered where that one left off in the early 90s, and it covered from the early 90s on until, at that point, a couple years ago. You know, he was talking about how the strike hurt baseball. To me, the strike didn't hurt baseball as much as just the arrogance of the a lot of the people surrounding the game. I mean, I... I get that baseball, it goes back, it has a very long history. For a long time, it was America's pastime. It was something that that drew families together and all that, and so it gets romanticized. But ultimately, it is a sport. And we need to stop acting like we're talking about the Catholic Church when we talk about baseball. I mean, Pete Rose betting on baseball didn't hurt anybody, okay? Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Rafael Palmeiro shoving needles in their ass full of steroids ultimately didn't hurt anybody except for themselves. They, they did not commit atrocities. They did not go out and torture people and try to commit mass genocide. You know, so we it, it just had stats. It, it, yeah, it, it's just, it's like, really, come on, guys. Ultimately, when you boil it down to its base ingredient, 
sports is entertainment. And I understand that it's, sports is used as a metaphor for life and the competition and people pour their hearts out and you see great moments, people at their, their, their peak performance, people at their worst, and it runs the whole gamut of, of the human experience. I get that, but it's still entertainment. Stop acting like these guys were walking around, you know, raping your wife and, and killing your kids. Uh, they didn't. If, okay, if you say, I'm not voting for him, he cheated, he took steroids, that's my opinion, boom, that's it. You don't need to make a grand show of it. And well, He's banned for life, and he's sullied the great history of the game and the tradition. And Just say you're fucking a piece and move on, man. Yeah, stop acting like baseball has, or any professional sports has such this fucking... Storied history. You you do, but you don't. You get you got good things in the past. You got bad things in the past. Stop acting like the bad things don't exist. Well, you know, and it's it is it is interesting because you know we, we sit and we talk about sports, and we do, and we you know we pick apart subjects, and sometimes we go down rabbit holes that I never thought we'd go down when we're talking about a subject, and you know we end up coming out the other side of that wormhole, going where the fuck are we? But I mean, I think we know that. We're not solving the world's problems with this podcast. We're just pushing air and trying to entertain Yet. people. Yet, man. Yet. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and I, th- I really think, here's the fucked up part. As much as people like to point at athletes and go, they get big heads. I think the people who talk about the athletes tend to forget that they're really just pushing air and trying to kill time and entertain people themselves. They think they're a little bit more important than they are. What? That happens? Come on. I mean, I, I look per, personally. I find Stephen A. Smith as a sports personality, not a sports reporter, as a sports personality, an interesting guy. I think he's he's entertaining. He's just opinionated enough to either get under my skin or make me agree with him. But I don't consider him. He's not a journalist. He's not doing investigative journal, journalism. Yeah, he's a personality. I think is the the key word right there. Exactly. I thought about this the other day with him. If you look at who's been getting thinned out from ESPN in the last three or four years, you think it's to the point where, like, all right, listen, we're only going to let Stephen A. Smith will voice our strong opinions. Everyone else, you have to be generic, vanilla, and milk toast. Like Stephen A. Smith now has the monopoly on being able to have the opinion at C or at ESPN. I think Stephen A. Smith got very lucky that he took over basically, as Skip Bayless's sparring partner, when Woody Page stepped out of uh, what used to be first and ten. And he he that was known as the show where those two went at each other. And when Stephen A. Smith, Smith stepped in, his, his style of going after Skip Bayless was so over the top and just loud and bombastic that it drew in viewers to the point where ESPN was like, okay, we'll let you get away with this. And now that's his thing. And he hasn't worn thin with it. He hasn't pulled a Jim Rome yet. I mean, if you want to listen to Jim Rome on a television show, you have to pay for it on on Showtime. You go deep. Yeah. I mean, and Jim Rome used to be like must-see sports TV during the 90s. And 10 years ago, he was on, you could find him uh, in every market on radio. Now, yeah, there's that too, yeah. You got to hunt for him. I'm not, never as a fan anyways. But. Hey, I don't, I know it's coming to an end, but I real quick want to say uh, this thing about NASCAR and Joey Logano and yep. Kyle. 
Yeah, what is this? They're trying to manufacture a beef between the two or a rivalry? Well, they're not trying to manufacture it. They're just trying to make it more than it is. You know, these are just two race car drivers that right now currently have a beef with each other. The, the, the cardinal rule in NASCAR is if you hit me, I will hit you back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. You get me this race, all right, I see how you want to play. And he yeah, gets you like, back. And, you know. They're like, they're, like, they're like hockey players. They got long memories. They do. Oh, they I'll, do. Get you, I'll get you back sooner or later. Well, this past weekend, it just so happened that Kyle Busch was in first place in the, you know, fading laps of the race, and Joey Logano blew a tire and went into the wall. And everybody's saying that he did it on purpose because Kyle Busch didn't finish in first place. Basically saying that he drew out the caution on purpose so that, you know, Kyle Busch would have to be slowed up, field would have to slow down. And then, you know, he eventually came in third. It's just not true. I mean, it's not. There's other ways to get back at him. And trust me, Kyle's still going to get his from Joey. Um, It's very hard to do on purpose what Joey Logano did. He was racing and a tire got cut and, you know, he got loose, went into the wall. And as we learned from Dale Earnhardt Sr., that is something you don't want to do, like, ever. It's purposely going to a wall. So no. I just, I, I, I'm getting, you know, b- besides teams, and even in, in like, Hendricks Motorsports team and, and, you know, teams like that, there, there's some beef sometimes. But other than that, you know, mainly they work together against every other race car out there. So don't sit, don't, people are trying to sit there and tell me that there's this huge beef and it's Kyle and Joey and that's what we need to focus on. No, no, it's not. All right. Stop trying to make NASCAR into something it isn't. They're still going to go fast. They're still going to turn left. That's just how that's going to go. Is there going to be times when two race car drivers have it out for each other? Absolutely. This isn't one of those times. Well, forgive my ignorance, but is NASCAR pretty much carried on Fox? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right in, the, right in the demo, son. Okay. So is do you think it's coming from... Get your fake news and your real racing on one place. Do you think that this push to for, you know, to, to try to make it more than it is, do you think it's coming from NASCAR itself, or do you think it's coming from Fox, who is trying to maybe pump up the numbers and, and, and get some storylines going so there's more to talk about? Because I think if, if the NFL has taught anybody in sports anything, as far as marketing your, your sport, it's to play the storyline card, to make every game have a storyline that you can talk about leading up to it, during, and then after. And if you do that, you give it, it's like a natural arc to any story. You're going to find know? some memos from Rupert Murdoch talking about incendiary devices being planted in cars. We'll see. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I'm not going that far. Obviously, I'm just one because it, it, NASCAR. It seems to me is pretty old. This is just my. Uh, this is my impression of it. Especially when I was the only time I really remember watching it was when I was a kid. My grandfather used to take me to races. It's old school. They keep their beefs internal. They do their shit on the track. There's not a whole lot of you know, ch- you know, chippiness back and forth, talking shit back and forth via the media. Wouldn't Tony Stewart killing a guy kind of change all that? Well, that's what I'm getting at. Is is Fox trying to bring this into the like to drag it into the 
into into modern day sports, you know, zeitgeist by going, you guys got to you guys got to pump it up off the track. You got to talk some shit. We got to have the we got to have the the NASCAR version of a MMA weigh-in, you know, where you, where you guys threaten to kill each other and all this shit. I mean, do you think it's coming from there? Do you think this is this is from NASCAR? Do you think it's just the fans are hyping it up? Where's where do you think it's coming from? It's a mix between fans and Fox because the problem with NASCAR is maybe next week this feud with with Kyle and Joey might be over. Um, you know, back in Dale Earnhardt Senior days. He was called the Intimidator. He was called that not because he would race into your pit and beat your ass, but because if you got near him, he would wipe you out. He'd get you loose and put you in a wall. You know, the only thing Dale Earnhardt cared about was the start of the race and the end of the race. That was it. And he was definitely Ricky Bobby. If you weren't first, you were last. So he did everything he possibly could to get to the front. Now, he would shit on everybody around him. Everybody. Didn't matter who it was. Okay, and that's that's basically NASCAR. It's it it still rings true today. You know, you have your teams that you race with, but at the end of the day, you want to be first. You want to get to the front. Now, if that means that Kyle and Joey that have you know pretty decent cars and they're moving as fast as each other can go, are side by side and they brush paint every now and again, and they get pissed and go into the, <laughs> the pit road and start swinging on your crew. Well, that's what happens. But next week, that's going to be forgotten. And we're going to go racing. That's not to say that if Joey, you know, sees Kyle get a little, you know, high on him, he doesn't tap his wheel to the right and spin, you know, Kyle out. Racing. Sorry. Rabbit's racing. It, it really is. I can't help myself. But this isn't, being ignorant. this isn't like an NFL game where these two racers are going to race each other and only each other every week. You know, it's, it's totally different. You're with the entire field. So whereas Kyle and Joey have this feud today, it, it could be, you know, Jimmy Johnson and Kyle tomorrow. Or Jimmy jo- Johnson and Kurt. It, it's whoever fucks with your winnings at that particular day. Just so happens that right after, you know, Kyle got pissed and ran into Joey Logano's pit and started swinging... You know, Joey did cost him a race. He did cost him a win. There's no debating that. I can't even begin to. Rich and I just sit here and go, all right. (laughs) No, I understand. You guys got to start watching a little bit of racing. I'm just saying. It's entertaining. Look, I, I, I get exactly what you're saying because I've watched enough NASCAR to know that it's not like you're lining up against the same people every race. You know, there's... That's why, you know, you start at a certain point in the pack based on your time, your, your, your time trials, right? That's correct. Okay. So, I mean, if, you know, you have someone starting in the back of the pack, someone starting in front of the pack, and it stays that way for the whole race, even though they might have had a beef the race before, it doesn't mean they're going to meet up this race. Or you might have someone that fucking, you know, wrecks and crashes and is out of the race. And so, you know... Obviously, they're not going to be meeting up, you know, on the track because, well, one of them's out. I mean, I get it, you know, but it just—it seems to me that, like, like you—like that's why I asked: is it, is it them trying to like create storylines to play through to where it's like drama off the track? Because it's, let's be honest here, I think professional professional sports 
took a card out of the WW back then F's playbook in the 90s when they saw the ratings the WWF start getting and I mean if you watch if you, even at, at that 30 for 30 you know this is the XFL if you watch that it's amazing how many things the NFL incorporated into their game after the XFL fucking sh- you know closed down like the sky cam exactly you know and there's a lot more you know reporting on the sidelines talking about what's happening on the sidelines than there was when we were kids and I've watched enough NASCAR to know that there's a lot more reporting about what's happening in a pit than I remember when I was a kid watching it. You know, you never knew what the fuck was going on in a pit crew when I was a kid, unless they were specul, unless the announcers were speculating. I mean, now you got reporters down there, you know, giving reports. So that's what I'm saying, like making it more, more of putting the entertainment into sports entertainment. You know, not scripted per se, but trying to maybe draw lines where there really isn't lines to be drawn, you know, like, Hey, look, these two are kind of beefing. Let's, let's play that up a little bit. See if we can get a little bit, you know, a little bit of interest in that going. I mean, cause I remember, I remember when, when, uh, uh, Oh shit. Well, who, who's rainbow boy. Every, uh, everybody hated when he raced. I can't, when it, it, Come on, he had the rainbow car. Don't fucking Earl. look at me! Come on, Earl. You know how you know exactly who I'm talking about. Ice man, are you there? Did we lose him? Oh, his little Skype box is gone. Stand by. Let's get him back. Uh, oh, here we go. Come on, Ice man. Come on back. Wonder if he knows he's even been dropped. Uh, yep, he just said call dropped. So give him a call. Says he's offline. Maybe his internet got him. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to get him back at least just for that. Mm-hmm. For a quick, I mean, you know, a quick, quick wrap up there. Hey, we got to talk about one more thing that is totally Iceman centric ish. What's that? Fucking, they found the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wonder what uh, conspiracy theory is going to come out of this one. Yeah, I'm going to send him a note that it says he is offline. Maybe suggest he reboot his laptop, if that's what the deal is. Oh, what do you say? Oh, wait, there he is. There he goes. There we go. Hold up. Ringing. Ringing. Ah, there he is. Are you back? Okay, so I guess don't talk about fucking NASCAR. <laughs> What's the last thing you heard? Yo. Uh, oh. What's that the- wasn't being scripted? Okay, okay. What I'm getting at is, are they trying maybe to... Bring a little bit more entertainment into it, because I remember NASCAR. I, I was asking you who was the, uh, the, he had the rainbow car, and everybody hated on him. And then they, when we found out, Jeff Gordon, you, you would, exactly. It came to me while you were we were trying to get you back. Like he was just either loved or hated, and uh, <laughs> hated more than loved. <laughs> but people that loved him loved him. Like I worked with, I, and it was usually. <sighs> hate to say this. But it was usually females, and I'm pretty sure they didn't like him because of his driving. They thought he was good looking because they'd have his picture. They'd, Dude, on their uh, desk at work, they'd have his little rainbow car and all dudes, this shit. Uh, dudes, too, from uh, you know some whispers that have gone around for years. Well, I mean, you know, hey, more power to you. But it's just, you know, 
they seemed to really like him, but then everybody else was like, who's this asshole? This piece of shit, you know? He didn't he didn't earn it. He didn't come up the right way. And I don't know enough about his history to say it. I just and no, I do remember exactly hearing it. I do remember hearing Is Ricky his, Bobby supposed to be a send up of him, Earl, kinda? No, because Ricky Bobby is a send up. North. Ricky Bobby is a send up of every NASCAR driver there is. Yeah, it's not like Dewey uh Dewey Cox. It's not like it's a goof on walk the line. Mm-hmm. Um but I also remember there was uh, some the South shall rise again sentiment towards him because he wasn't from the South. So there you had the people who f- didn't like him for that reason. You had the people who didn't like him because he's a pretty boy. You had the people like like Earl said who didn't like him because they felt like he didn't earn his spot and come up through his ranks and pay his dues. But I mean that 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 was enough to get viewers in though. I mean people watch for the the bad guy as much as they watch for the good guy. And, I mean, the joke for NASCAR has been people watch for the crashes and they just happen to cheer whoever wins the race, you know. Well, I mean, I mean, that's partly true. A lot of people watch it for just the wrecks. Not kidding. That, that's one of the biggest things about Daytona and Talladega. It's not a matter of when, it's a matter of if. There's going to be a huge wreck. You know it. You you want to get everything you're going to need for the game right or for the race right there with you cuz you never know what lap it's going to happen, but when it happens, it's huge. And oh. you're just hoping that the person you support the most isn't in it. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I've you know, obviously you have Dale Earnhardt and you have, you know, a few other wrecks that have drivers have really been fucked up in. I've seen a few formula one wrecks where it was bad. I mean, there was one pitcher. I cannot remember the name of the driver, but basically his car went airborne. He got hit. And from about right above his knee down was disintegrated. And you saw chunks of flesh in this pitcher along with the car being disintegrated clear as day. And I was like, yeah, fuck all that noise. Like as dangerous as football and hockey and all that shit can be, I'm I'm good on that. <laughs> you can't you can't dine a fireball in any of those sports. No, well not while no. playing them anyway. Not unless you're not, not unless you're traveling to them. That's yeah, that's it. what I'm saying. Not, if you go out like you know Richie Valens or the Big Bopper, you know topical shit for the kids. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so all right. Well, I mean, I don't know, dude. Fucking. Uh, I'll try to watch some NASCAR, but I'm not promising you anything. It's just, it's not exciting to me, man. I don't know. And I remember saying, back in the man. day, you tried I'm, to I'm sell saying. me a bill of goods about it being just like hockey. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Ain't nobody skating. No, wait, someone's punching someone now, Rich. Hey, maybe. Maybe hey, your gateway. There's, some, there's something about, you know, 10 to 15 cars going 200 miles an hour colliding. Yeah. Kind of entertaining, uh, and that was that was his hook. He was like, "In hockey, you got fights; NASCAR, you got crashes." You know, and I'm like, "Okay, things hitting each other. All right." I watch like, a Michael Bay like, movie if I want to see shit blowing up. And he's like, you know, and you got to remember they're doing like 150, 200 miles per hour, and they're they're rubbing, you know, they're they're rubbing each other. But really, what they're doing is crashing into each other. That's like checking. And I'm like, dude, you really thought this out trying to get me to watch NASCAR, didn't you? <laughs> Tried real, real hard, man, real, real hard. <laughs> and then I was like, well, what was it? 
you were like, yeah, and instead of game-worn jerseys, you can buy the old tires off of a car. And I was like, okay, that's ridiculous. You cannot buy the old tires off a car. And you're like, you want to come over to my family's house? They got a pair. They do. They still do. <laughs> question is, did they use them or did they put them in the garage? Like, hey, I got some of those tires. Uh, one of them's hanging on the wall. One of them's a coffee table. And it's Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s tires. <laughs> one of them's another guy's spare. The coffee table is, I got I like that idea. I don't know about hanging a tire on a wall because it seems like it'd stick out way too fucking far, but the coffee table idea, I think I'm down with that. I could, well, it, I mean, that'd be cool. like you, that'd be like you taking a Bob Probert game worn jersey and putting it on the wall. No, I understand. I'm just saying the logistics of it sticking that far out from the wall. <laughs> I'd walk into it in the middle of the night or something and, oh, my. My Bob Probert tire, you know. <laughs> no, it's, I, I it's in know. a man cave. This isn't some place you're going in the dark out of nowhere. Man, in my drinking days, I went every place in the dark, not knowing <laughs> what I was doing. Come on. That's because your eyes were closed, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Even when they were open, sometimes nobody's home. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, you want to throw the last uh, last subject out because I don't have the heart. Because if he goes off into one of his conspiracy theory things, I might have to check out. I'll take the hit on this one. This one, it's one, it's kind of like the biggest news of the last few days. They found Tom Brady's jersey. Some guy in Mexico, like some part of the international media, who apparently, like, that's all I've been getting alerts about through the whole goddamn, while we've been recording this. We record on, today is the 21st. Uh, was suspected of stealing Tom Brady's Super Bowl jersey. Met the Patriots QB in 2005. Uh, Stole two of them. Mexican media executive suspected of stealing Tom Brady's jersey spent Super Bowl week collecting selfies and autographs. Um, what else? But I don't know. Is this... I mean, we're really still talking about this in March. I mean, and is this, do you think this guy's going to do any time? Is this a dead end here? Are you just happy well, they found no, it? I think, I think he might do a little time. I'm not too sure because he's not a citizen. So I'm, I'm not up to speed on how that works but uh he he stole two of tom brady's jerseys and took them across the border that's a federal offense that's a federal felony and with the fbi involved uh, maybe i cannot believe martin mauricio jersey ortega taking a jersey and driving to mexico with it is a federal offense stealing something and crossing the national border yeah that's a federal offense like they actually spent tax dollars in houston on this shit the, i think the fbi got involved at some point like come on yep. man. like it ain't their bit but come on man <laughs> dude i can't get okay if my car gets stolen i'm not even gonna say in detroit I'm going to say for people that don't live in this area, okay, there's certain suburbs around Detroit, Redford, uh, parts of Dearborn. Livonia. Angster. No, Livonia. They'll look for it. Wixom. If you get your car stolen, you're basically on your own. And I know this for a fact because I lived in those, in those areas and twice my car was stolen. And the cops showed up, took a report, and said the best thing we can tell you is drive around and look for it. And I said, well, that's your fucking job. I don't, you notice I don't have a car. How the fuck am I supposed to drive around and look for my car? All right, it got stolen. And, I mean, it's like, really? They won't, it, it, citizens are getting a car stolen. And a guy gets a jersey stolen, and the FBI gets on it. But, but the guy that gets a car stolen can't even get fucking people to look for it. Come on, man. That's just, 
hey, fuck hey, out of my face with that nonsense. And the Houston PDs, you know, why did it have to be a Mexican? Like, if you're against the wall, I mean, this wasn't a good, this wasn't a good piece of news for you. Oh, but let's be honest here. Coming in here, we're stealing our jerseys. <laughs> it's, not, it's not bad enough you steal our job, you steal our jerseys. <laughs> yeah. I'll steal the jersey, build the fucking wall. Do it now. But, I mean, look, dude, if he was over here, he had to be on some sort of, you know, work visa. So he had to be over here legally. If not, how the fuck did he get that deep in the, into the NFL to where he even was in that position? And he's here illegally. The Houston police, the Texas Rangers, Patriot Security Contingent, NFL Security, and even the FBI search for this fucking jersey. But it paid off because they found two. <laughs> this whole thing is insane to me. And I guess, to, I mean, I guess the credit to the, he's just a fan. Like, he ain't tried to sell nothing. He just well, wanted yeah, that's the thing. It's like if you try to sell it, that is the that is the most wanted jersey. Not trying to be funny, but literally the most wanted jersey in the entire country at this point. Even if you go to Mexico, people can't keep their mouth shut, and we have the internet these days. Even in Mexico, the poorest town, someone's going to have a flip phone that has a camera on it and access to the internet and go, "Look who I saw! Fucking bragging he stole Tom Brady's jersey." So it's not like you can do anything with it except for hang it up in your house and, and you know, go visit it in the middle of the night when you think no one's around. <laughs> Pet it, love it. Hey, hey Tom, Jerry, Brazy. Oh, hey, Tom, Brady, Jersey. Like Tom. You know, I don't... It's... You're the only one I love, Tom Brady, Jersey. Drink the sweat off of it, wring it out into your mouth, maybe you'll get it by proxy. Yo. athletic hey, ability. I'm, okay. You're joking about it, but... There's a few stories about musicians where their clothes and groupies, and that happened after they took their clothes uh, off. So, okay. yeah, it was a joke. Cut it out. Um, but that's that's some real shit. Maybe he's trying you know. to make a Tom Brady clone, and he needs some DNA. Oh, find this guy's basement, a couple pods with Tom Brady husks. I was going to say, like, like, what if he like picked a couple hairs? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they find, like, his nail clippings and his hairs when they raid his house. I mean, dude. It puts the lotion on the skin. Let's be honest here. Okay, an official game-worn jersey, excuse me, an official jersey, an on-field jersey, I had one at one point, cost me $380. All right? And that was 10 years ago. So let's just play the inflation game and say they're $500 a piece now. Is that what they're going to charge him with, or are they going to try to figure out the market value of selling no, 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 a no. game-used jersey? No, no, no. No, they put a value of $500,000 on that jersey. That's bullshit. I'm not kidding. That jersey's not worth five hundred. No one's paying $500,000 for that jersey. That's an inflated value. They, they just set the market price. And that's bullshit. I'm going to tell you this right now. Stevie Ray Vaughan's number one Stratocaster didn't sell for $500,000. Jimi Hendrix's guitars haven't sold five hundred thousand dollars. Eddie Van Halen's guitars. Don't get jealous, guitars, Rich. Don't Eric get jealous. Guitars. Don't get jealous. No oh boy. It ain't jealous, dipshit. It's the fact that no one's paying five hundred thousand fucking dollars. Do you remember when? Remember when Todd McFarlane bought the 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 home run ball that broke? Uh, uh, not Babe Ruth, but um, goddamn it, Maris's record. He bought that, and he paid. 
like something ridiculous, like a couple hundred thousand dollars. And then literally a year or two later, that thing was valued at like 40 grand. That's the only way someone's getting 500,000 for it. If they overpay and they realize they're going to take a huge hit in the loss, that's it. And honestly, the fact that it got stolen and recovered, that, if someone paid $500,000, that's the only reason I'd do it, just to just say I have the jersey that has this story. Jersey gate. But I'd have to be a millionaire, like, no, I'm going to have to be a billionaire many times over, is what I'm saying, like an to drop that. An eccentric billionaire? Yeah, because that's a, that's, that's a one, that's, a, that's the story of how it was stolen and returned is what I'm paying for. Because just a game-worn in the Super Bowl jersey, I no one's paying 500000 for it. I don't give a fuck. Greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, first overtime Super Bowl. No? Five hundred grand? Nope. Maybe after he's dead? Maybe 20, 40 years or 30, 40 years down the line when he's, when he's old or he's dead? Maybe. And, and it keeps going up in value. But right now? No. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Half a million dollars? Shit. I'd like to meet the. I'd like to meet the guy that fucking would pay that because I got some. I got some excellent property in Florida and a bridge in Brooklyn that he can buy. He's a white guy. This will know right off the bat. It's going to be a white guy. Nobody's <laughs> got that kind of money to throw around. Well, I mean, dude. Okay, look. I think the most I've ever spent on any sports memorabilia thing was outside of that jersey that 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 that. And that really, that was a gift, and that was a gift that had my jaw on the floor. But you know, my ex-wife gave it to me, so I know how much it cost. Because <laughs> ultimately, it came out of our pocket. You saw the receipt. <laughs> it was it was a gift that we gave that, that, that we gave me type thing. <laughs> but anyways, um, most of them are spent on a memorabilia. I think I spent like I want to spend I spent like fifty bucks on uh, a game used puck that was signed by. Um, Bob Probert. And I knew that, that I was overpaying for that and that I would never, ever get 50 bucks for that, even when I decided to sell it. And even if I'd have sold the day after he died to his biggest fan, I wouldn't gotten more. I, I wouldn't have got 50 bucks for it, let alone more than that for it. So I get overspending a little bit, but come on, dude. Half a million? That's Microsoft money to throw around, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's a little That's a little ridiculous. That is ridiculous. That's Paul Allen money. You know, that's Bill right. Gates type just, shit. I didn't say I agreed with it. I said that's the evaluation they put on it. I know, but it's kind of it's kind of like when a musician dies and they value his estate, they undervalue it for tax purposes. I think they inflated the value of that for, you know, we really want to get this jersey back. And so if you see it, because was there a reward of any type offered for it? I mean, I haven't heard anything about it. If it was so wanted, why did they offer a reward for it? It was a reward for Osama bin Laden. We can't get a reward for a half a million dollar jersey. <laughs> <laughs> you did not. You did not make that connection. Wow. Seriously. I'm, I, I, what was it, a million dollars for bin Laden? So bin Laden's worth $50 million. Two of, a, two of a Tom Brady jersey? $50 million. Had to be an, I remember hearing of some reward. There was a reward, wasn't there? $50, $50 million was the reward. No, it's not about for Tom Brady's jersey. I recall hearing uh, it was like ten or twenty grand or something like that. Fuck that. For $500,000, i am holding that hostage. 
<laughs> and I'm sitting, I'm doing it. I'm going south of Mexico going, come get me, motherfuckers. How much you want this thing? Yeah. Well, I, it's not the FBI, and they went and got him. I'm in Honduras. So, come get me, motherfucker. Mexico has a wall. How's Brazil looking this time of year? Yeah. I'm going, to, Carna- I'm going to Carnival. You, you, know, you know what I'm doing? I'm calling up Roman Polanski. Hey, make room. I'm bringing a jersey. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> And no, I don't have any 13-year-olds or any lewds, so you're going to have to find those on your own. But I'm bringing a jersey, man. It's worth half a million. Sell this jersey. You can buy yourself a couple 13-year-olds. At least in Thailand. Yes. God, wow. we, went, we went dark at the end here, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, can you guys hold up just right, let's a wrap this clusterfuck up. Jesus yeah. Christ. Can you guys hold on for just a second? Yeah. All right. Hey, you know what we didn't get to talk about? We jumped. We jumped too quick from one topic to the other. We didn't talk about that player who uh, his dad would lock him out of the house every time he'd fucking have a bad game. And he locked. And he lost anyway. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that, man. Like I understand pushing your kid, but to lock him out of the house. Like, like there that might happens. be a fucking time limit on that. No, that happens all the time, bro. Serious. Yeah, and you know what happens all the time, also. Kids remember that shit and allow their parents to rot away in a fucking old folks' home, die alone because of shit like that. Like, seriously, I'm not fucking around. You think I'm joking? I, I, if you ever come back up here, I'll, I'll take you for a visit to where they had my mom. There's plenty of people dying that were old and alone and no one ever visited them. Well, came back into a heavy conversation. I was just talking about that kid, man. That kid that, uh, we, we didn't get to it, but the kid with the, his dad would lock him out of the house if he had a bad game. I'm like, there better have been a fucking time limit on that shit. Like, you better not keep me out here for fucking three days or some shit. Yeah, I didn't read the article. Maybe you had to be resourceful to figure out how to get back in the house. No, well, I was watching well, the game when they talked about it. Did he have it all home alone up? No, it wasn't what, he? Had to, if he had to make a certain amount of baskets and run a certain amount of drills to be able to come back in the house? Yeah, and it was, you know, it was trying to teach him to stop being afraid to shoot the ball. And stop passing and stop passing up on your opportunity to make the points and stuff like that. See, now here's here's where I could get down with it if his dad was out there and was basically coaching him through it, I guess. I guess That's that would not make how that more shit sense. went down. I'm sorry, what? That's not how that shit went down. Uh, no, the I know. Porch light was off, the door was locked, and basketball was on the porch. Yeah, so that's just that's just being an asshole to your kid. I mean, if you like, because the first time he shows up, how the fuck does he know what he has to do to get back in? Because I he mean, knows what, how he, what happened during the game. Okay, let's let's take it away from sports for a second. If I'm in a band and I'm in high school and I play a high school battle of the bands and my band loses because I blew a solo, and I come home, and front door's locked, porch lights off, and my guitar sitting on the porch, I'm grabbing my guitar, putting it, you know, putting it. If if it's out of the case, throwing it over my shoulder and hoofing it to my nearest friend's house, thinking, well, I guess I'm fucking not sleeping in my bed tonight. I'm not thinking I better sit down and practice until daddy says I can come back in the house. Right, but I mean, so you're, you're don't speaking tell me like, this kid knew instinctively what he had to make 100 free throws to magically open the door. It's not a role-playing game on the on a Nintendo. But he, he grew up that way. That's the way he was raised ever since he was a kid. So, yeah, he did. He knew exactly what had to happen. Did I miss free throws? Did I miss three-pointers? Did I mess up on my passing? Did I mess up on double dribble? Did I walk? So you knew exactly what he had to do because his father raised him that way his whole life. And it still doesn't matter because he still lost to North Carolina. And he lost? 
And if you go back and look at the, there's there's a, a documentary about Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky came home when he was on his little little league hockey team and told his dad, "There's one kid on the team who doesn't have one point the entire season." And his dad said, well, "What are you going to do about that?" And the next game, Gretzky set him up, and he had four goals the next game. And Gretzky assisted on all of them. There's a difference between a father who's like, asshole, go out there, and you better do it. And, well, why don't you help the kid out? And which one became the great one, and which one is now fucking watching the, the tournament just like the rest of us? I completely agree with you on that one. Yeah, Can't argue with you there. Oh, all, all three of us agree on some. This is a good spot to end right here. <laughs> Doesn't Hurry up before someone says something else. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Oh, but... Uh, oh, no, I'm just um, uh, uh, All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, who has been downloading us on iTunes or just going to ChristopherMedia.net. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're in the middle of our best month ever. Again. And that's because you're listening, you're passing, uh, you're passing it around, you're telling a friend. Uh, make sure you like us, uh, share us on Facebook, rate us on iTunes, leave a comment. That kind of helps. Keeps the train moving. Uh, we are at Sporgy Podcast on Twitter, at Sporgy underscore podcast on Instagram. You can email the show Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. Uh, yeah, buddy. Uh, it's, it's another three-hour one again, but whatever. All right? If you're listening, you're liking it. That's all we care about. So thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. All right, later, guys. Peace out, y'all. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.